Welcome to the 362nd episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on November 12th, 2023. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this here show. With me is the man who's standing here with an exclamation mark floating over his head, Carlos Rodella. I'm, I'm a real person. I'm not an NPC, nah, I swear. you're an NPC, bro. I'm not. You got not. that quest marker. No. Wait, quest well, marker on top of that? Yeah, like you're sitting there, people stand there, and they got the little exclamation, the glowing yellow exclamation, oh, maybe a right. star above their head or something. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. how you know he's the guy to talk to. Yeah, well, you are supposed to talk to me. I'm talking to you now. We're starting the quest. Yeah, okay, the quest is podcast. Go. Record a podcast. That's right. 500 XP at the end of it. We'll see. Oh, yeah, how much XP would be for a podcast? I mean, I feel like it should be a pretty good amount, but we've been doing it for a while, so even though it's a good amount, it's not really moving us too far Right. To the next level because diminishing gains, right? Yeah, we're not leveling up from it, but we're still getting XP. At first, it's like one podcast to get a level, and now it's like we got to do like 100 podcasts to get a level. Wow, really? Yeah. We're, we're pretty deep into it. We're pretty All far right. along. Yeah. I've got my ultimate is, is like, I think, up next on my skill tree, but we're not quite oh, there Oh, nice. Wait, we have skill trees too? This is getting complicated. <laughs> Welcome, folks. Welcome to the show. It's Carlos. It's me. We're here. Carlos, how are you doing, sir? I'm okay. Um, I'm excited about talking about games for one thing because yeah. I've been playing a fucking ton of them. I'm glad you're excited because that's what exactly what we're doing here today. Oh, we're talking about games. Yeah. Oh, I thought we just a cooking podcast. <laughs> cooking podcast. We could do that. Cooking. I've been watching a lot of the Great British Bake Off. Oh yeah, and then the Halloween Wars for Halloween time. Oh, so yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, we but, can't really cook and then just have it be audio though. I don't think that would work. I mean, there'd be a lot of sizzling. Mm-hmm. A lot of hearing hearing things bake, whatever the sound of baking is, that's the sound of our podcast. It's the sound of an oven and then the timer going off. Yeah, okay. That's what right. that is. Builds up a lot of suspense. Anyway, we're not doing a baking podcast. We're not doing a cooking podcast. We're doing a games podcast. And, sir, I share your excitement because there's actually a lot of things I'm excited to talk about. And I, um, not to spoil anything, it's been kind of a rough week in terms of games. So I don't think I have a lot of, like... Uh, very uh, excited celebratory news, but I do have a lot of stuff that I really kind of want to dig into. A lot of interesting bits to chew on. So, mm. And we have a lot to talk about, too. I know we kind of uh, have been a little light as far as the agenda goes last couple of shows, but we're going to make up for that today with tons of stuff to talk about. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm going to make it up for both of us for sure. And um, then I'll make it up for the both of us on top of that. Oh, you have these exact same amount of games as I do? I think I have one less than you, but you've got a million, so I've got a million wow. minus one. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Let's let's get into it. We should do housekeeping first. Can we I, should do housekeeping, can folks. Can I start it? Can I do it? Yeah. Okay, do it. Go do it. Because, I mean, it's a crowd favorite. It is a crowd favorite. Let it rip. All right, everybody. Listen up. If you didn't know, this is the time where Brad and I go into a house that we both <laughs> have. We have this house, and uh, you know we rent it together. And when we go inside, uh, there's a duct tape on the ground, which is weird. And, uh, you know, I get one side, he gets one side, and we keep all of our possessions over there. But they're not possessions. They're, uh, you know, things about video games, and we talk about them. So uh, this is the section where we do that. I love how you went into a voice, like, right off the bat. <laughs> I love voices. Come on. That was very funny. That's right. All right. <laughs> You're like, I don't know what to do with that You now. threw me for a minute. Yeah, you I threw know. me for a minute. Uh, okay, it is housekeeping. We are doing this right here, right now. Carlos, you want to kick it off? Yeah, I'll just I'll uh, follow up with what was from last week, where you gave me some homework for my PlayStation. I, I did. I, we were talking about the in-game help function, which was kind of a discussion that was kicked off by a uh, new listener, Ron, 
Uh, and he asked us a question about what we thought about help functions. And he actually sent another email that I meant to get in this show. And I haven't. So apologies, Ron. I forgot to grab that. But I know you sent me another email. Uh, but I, I gave you the homework of Carlos. Why don't you go see how many games actually use this help function? Is it just triple A's? Or are some of the smaller games doing it too? I really want to know. Yeah, it's not just triple A's. It's also, I would say, if I have to give a number, it's probably like 30% is using it like or even 25% or something like that is using it like hardcore where there's like videos and walkthroughs. Um, and yeah, I think the AAA has more resources they can put behind that. But I mean, even like indie games will do, you know, on the PlayStation 5 again, you can hit the home button and see even things like trophies. You can see things like where you're at in the activity. They call them activities. Yeah. Um, and so it's basically like uh, it says resume activity, which just reloads your game. Uh, but it is used in some way. It's just that it's used in different variations. And I think the smallest version is like, it just keeps track of the main things, you know, like trophies and, and things you've accomplished and chapters and, and stuff like that. But the other ones in some companies will spend time and actually make videos. Uh, it seems like, yes, it's bigger companies are doing the videos, but I did see like some kind of double A studios using it as well. So okay. it's actually used a lot more than I thought. I mean, even 25, 30% is a lot of people using it on PlayStation. So, yeah, it's not the same all around, but it is used quite a bit. Okay, so that's good. I haven't dipped into it at all, and I was pretty curious because um, it seems like something that would take a lot of time and resources. But uh, I guess people are using it, so okay, right on, right on. Yeah, it's just a cool feature. And, again, I don't know if um, Xbox has that specific thing, but th I think that would be super helpful if they did. Right on. Yeah, you know, I didn't. Uh, I, I meant to go check it, but... I don't think there is. I don't think there's anything as far as I know. And I know for sure Switch doesn't have anything. So I guess if you're an Xbox or a Switch person, you got to hit GameFAQs or uh, YouTube like everybody else. Yeah, just a nice uh, feature to have. All right, cool, cool. What else you got, sir? Um, okay, so this is from uh, John from Gaming in the Wild, who we mm. like. Um, good he, friend John, good show. Yep, he posted. Um, I was actually on Twitter, which I don't ever go on nowadays. But I have a new account that's I'm like low-key lurking on Twitter. <laughs> low-key lurking is this yeah. where we follow all the sex workers no um i could do that uh, i mean that's the thing you could do yeah i could but i'm not going to no okay. um yeah i just follow you and a couple game people and i'm thinking about what i'm going to do with that account yeah, while the sex i was workers, there, like i said oh geez louise <laughs> while i was there i found john's tweet uh about alan wake 2 oh yeah and it mimics some of the thoughts i had even just last episode i think um, if you remember last episode, or the one before that, I was saying, like, I love this game. It's so beautiful. It's a masterpiece. But yeah. It's also a little slow. Do you remember me saying that? Two episodes ago, you seemed pretty high on it. You did say there was a little bit of slowness, but you were, like, full of positive energy, and you were you were raring to get, like, deeper into it. That was two episodes ago. Yeah. And then one episode ago, you were, like, kind of, like, coming down off it. You want to yeah. give us a recap? Yeah. Yeah, and that's, well, that's the general sense uh, of me going like, Mwah. but then listen to what John said. Here's a quote. So he goes, surprised. I couldn't finish it. The gameplay is torturous. Harsh words, by the way. It was like wading through mud to get to a canopy of cool video story stuff, then wading through more mud for the next one. It's flashy and impressive, but in my opinion, it's not a good video game. Hmm. which is harsh. Now, I think it is a good video game. I like it better than that quote um, that he gave it. But I 100% agree because I bounced from it temporarily. Like, mm -hmm. you know, video games you can always go back to. 
But I was playing it in the evenings. I was getting tired. <laughs> I saw a video on YouTube of a guy playing it and going like, here's how I think about um, Alan Wake 2. And he just showed a video of him like nodding oh, he was off, sleeping. sleeping. He was sleeping the entire video. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's a good video. Um, but that's what I felt like. I was like, this is beautiful and interesting and cool. But it's like looking at a painting for a very long time, you know, that changes, like multiple paintings. And I, I just kind of agree with him. So I don't know. I, I think I will go back to it. But man, oh, man, it did change on me. Well, that's funny, dude. I've, I've seen a lot of Hot and Cold. I have not played it myself. Um, I was, you know, I, I guess I would call myself a fan of Alan Wake, the number one. Um, it had issues, but I think overall I largely enjoyed it. I like the DLC better and I like the expansions better. Um, but then, you know, we, we played Control. Control was a high point. I mean, I thought Control was great. I know you liked it too, even though we had issues with it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that maybe maybe Control was just like a fluke. Maybe this is just like Remedy getting back to Remedy. Because, I mean, God's honest truth, and not to be um, disrespectful or insulting or anything, but like I've never really clicked with any of Remedy's games up until, you know, partially with Alan Wake and then really a lot with Control. I think I've played the rest of their games and like none of them really stuck. So I wonder if this is them kind of like just getting back to their comfort zone, you know? I don't know. I, I mean, in my short version of, of how many uh, hours I played on it, I would just say that I think it's, uh, what's it called? Uh, when you self-indulge or something, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's like all the stuff they like, and all this, a lot of it is what I like, which is Twin Peaks stuff. and David Lynch stuff, yeah. whatever. Spooky, it's just like weird. they threw it all in one, including live action, which is, you've seen the the videos going around yeah, yeah, like yeah. all these really crazy routines and dances and stuff and just talk show performances in the beginning again it felt just novel and interesting and but now i think it's just them going inside their their you know jam so much that i don't know if i want to just be there all the time well it's funny too because i've heard a lot of critics um really jump on this one i feel like it's critic bait um, just because it's kind of like multimedia and they're taking a big swing clearly. And it, you know, everybody's still riding high off of the glow we got from control and stuff. Um, but like when I talk to people who are just not critics or just friends and people who are just playing it almost to a person, they're like, Oh, it's really boring. And I really don't, don't want to play it anymore. So I think maybe there is a lot of appeal. Like it's like people want to give it an award cause they think it's pretty cool. But like word on the street is, is really cooling off on it. Yeah. I think it really comes down to, the final word on it, I think, for now, is the gameplay. Because if I think about playing it the other night, um, I just got tired of what I was doing, right? Yeah. That's yeah. not a good sign. Not and a then, good sign. Uh, like he said, John said, like, you know, I wanted to get to the next cool thing. Because there's this really cool thing. I, I got walked into an apartment, and I watched a video on the wall. It was like a film that was left for me. And it was like an incredible performance by this actress. And it really captivated me, you know? And it was about Mr. Scratch, and it was dark, and I was like, ooh, cool. And then a lot of nothing for a while, right? A lot yeah. of yeah, yeah. going through, getting lost. That's the other thing. I've heard people get lost a lot in that game. Yeah. yeah. Why do you think I looked looked at the feature I talked about? The, the help feature the was kicked off this whole thing. Exactly. Yes. So that's that's the issue. There it is. It's just like it's in that gameplay that I get frustrated. So okay. just All thought right. I'd bring that up. Uh, John, go. I'm with you. Uh, and then also, just really quickly, Mass Effect uh, put up a teaser. Uh, they also, did for Mass Effect 5, right? Mass Effect 5, yeah. I mean, on top of that, everybody's talking about GTA, of course, that they also said they're going to put out a trailer soon. Sure, but, sure. Um, but Mass Effect was a, a, a one I didn't realize that it happened. And I was like, whoa, what the hell? And, you know, we both love Mass Effect. Come on. 
Oh yeah, the original trilogy. That's like that's like one of my favorite game experiences of all time. Yeah, of all time. Sure. And then remember, I, in this podcast, I went ahead and played the Legendary Edition back to back, one, two, yes. and three. Yes. Um, and just remembered how much I loved it, and actually finished three because I never had. So yeah, I'm over the moon with this. I want this so bad. I just I'm very curious, right? Like I. Uh, I love Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3. Like I just said, one of my favorite experiences of all time. Um, I didn't click with Mass Effect 4. That's what it's called, Andromeda. Right? Andromeda, that's what it was. Which I fucking loved, and I talked Which about you it loved. many times. And yep. you talked it up on the show. I, I played it and bailed, but I, I still have it. And in fact, it's it's actually on my hard drive right now. Oh, my God. And I was like, okay, maybe I should give it a second chance. Um, I just remember just really not clicking with it at all. But if they do like a 5, like... I would want them to do something that's in the spirit of the original trilogy, but I, you know, I don't necessarily need to be Shepard again. Like maybe like a cameo would be cool or something or whatever, but like that would be okay. But like the exploration and kind of like the same vibe or like, you know, maybe even continue the story. I'm not sure what they chose as the canon ending of the trilogy, but you know, something picking up would be cool. I feel like, um, Andromeda just didn't quite nail that for me. Like I felt like it was kind of treading water in some ways, but I should go back to it and check again. But anyway, I would love to see something else, but I don't want to just do Shepard again because that that's yeah. been done and it was amazing. I want to do something that continues. You know? What I'm oh, saying? I agree. I don't want to be Shepard either. I want yeah. to just have like that world. I think they alluded to like the idea of you know that timeline being part of it, right? Yeah. So that's cool. And yeah, what is the canon ending? I'm not sure. Who knows? Um, but yeah, just any other character. Specifically, I would like to you know have a role-playing thing where I can make whoever I want to make, right? That would be cool. I'd, I'd be down for that. I mean, that makes sense. Obviously, they, you know, developers look at what other developers are doing, and Baldur's Gate, obviously, massive success, and you really make your own character in that game. Sure, so sure. I think they could do that, and that would be really exciting. But now I'll just use this opportunity to um, say to everybody listening that Andromeda is a really good game. Not a great game. Maybe it's like an eight, but it's fantastic, and you just have to do this. And I want Brad to do this. Hopefully, he does. Okay. And I'm speaking about you. Well, you're, you're right here. Go um, ahead. Hi, Brad. So literally um, right here, still here. Hey, Brad, are you still here? Still here. Okay. So I have I have, a, uh, I have something for you then, because uh, you're here. Is okay. what you do with Andromeda is you just treat it as a sci-fi RPG. That's yeah. it. You just think of it as a side, like a standalone story. And you meet these new characters, and it has nothing to do with Mass Effect world, and you're colonizing planets, and you're doing things. And it's also a more No Man's Sky game, where they want you to just be chill and not worry about the campaign sometimes. Yeah, yeah I get that. And that's I how that. I treated it, and it was fantastic. And then what they do, there's another quick, quick pro tip. The third act, like the final you know, third of the game, they ramp it up, and now it's like a Mass Effect campaign story. So it's like... If you know that's the, the progression, then you can have a really good time with it. I mean, that makes sense. And also, I mean, you have to kind of consider the time, right? Like following up, which I just said was like one of my favorite experiences of all time. Like that's a hard act to follow, right? And on, on top of like all the problems I had at launch and the problems with the engine and the problems with the team. And I mean, it was a pretty troubled um, development period. So it's not like it just was flawless and everything. Yeah, yeah. Just fine. So it's like, I, I, yeah, I just I'll, I'll give it a shot. Like I, I was tempted. Uh, my my son played it a while ago, and he said he had a pretty good time with it. So I'll I'll give it a shot. Maybe now that I've had some distance between then right. and now, maybe my perspective will change. Yeah, and just like Cyberpunk, you know, this is the best version of it now. True, um, true. And so this, you know, Mass Effect had a problems with the characters' faces, and the eyes were weird and stuff like that. Uh, but so did Cyberpunk. Um, so yeah, I just think everybody should check it out. I'm sure yeah. it's like super cheap too. It must be. It must be. All right, cool. Uh, what else? Okay, what else do you have? Because I think that's all I had. 
All right, I got a couple things here. I want to circle back on a couple games. First, I want to circle back to the Lamplighters League. I've been talking about it for the last couple of episodes. Mm -hmm. So it is absolutely one of my favorite turn-based tactics games of the last couple of years. Like, um, I got more than halfway through it, and I'm just like, I love it. Like, I love the choices. I love what they're doing. I love the designs, the characters. I've gone on and on and on and on and on about this game mm-hmm. for the last couple episodes. It's on Xbox and it's on PC. So, uh, you know, also it's had a very troubled development. There were issues with the Xbox version, which is where I'm playing it. Uh, basically, it keeps running out of memory because they didn't program it correctly. And so it crashes like every five minutes. Yeah, memory. Um, exactly. And I would only put up with that because this game is amazing. And it is amazing. So I have put up with it. But the developers said they were working on a patch and I was very excited about that. So they're like, here comes the patch. They put out the patch and man, that patch. Oh, it poured gasoline on the fire. Like, I don't know what they did, but they made it worse. Oh, they made it it worse. It got so much worse because not only did it keep on crashing, it started deleting saves. And that was where I had to draw the line. So I got about halfway through. I beat this really tough boss level. Uh, I finished it, got back to the hub, saved my game, went to have lunch, came back and my save was gone. That's crazy. So I'm like, okay, whoa, maybe this is a one-time thing. Redid the boss level because my save was like right before the boss level. Got through all that shit again, did it again, got out, saved, and I'm like, okay, well, I, I need to test this because I'm not going to, I don't want to pour hours into this and find out it's going to be gone. So I saved at the hub, closed, closed the game, came back, save was gone again. Oh so it's deleting saves, and I'm just really, really sad because this has been one of my favorite experiences of the year. I think I haven't had as much fun with tactics, I mean, since XCOM 2, maybe? Like, I feel like I'm just, I'm like, it's it's popping on every level for me, except for tactical, technically. Yeah. But, like, design, concept, character, music, like, everything is just popping. It's just really, really good. Um, but it's just unplayable right now. And it's so good, I'm like, okay, well, fuck, maybe I'll just buy it on PC because people say it works fine on PC because you got way more memory on your PC, right? So, true, true. Uh, my PC is currently in the shop. We talked about this multiple episodes ago. It's still in the shop. So maybe once my PC gets back, I'll just buy it on regular PC and play it there, which is something I never do. But I love this game a lot, and I really, really, really want to finish it. Um, but it's just so fucking broken on Xbox. Yeah. Um, it just makes me really, really sad. And I sent um, a meme to the developers, and I was like, hey, please unbreak my heart. And they sent a meme back with them putting a Band-Aid on my heart. So Aww. hopefully they get it fixed. I want to support these guys. I want to stand this game so hard. I want every Tactics player to play it. But it's got to work, and like save is like let's step one. Yeah, I, mean, you, I would jump know. to PC because obviously, um, just in general, like space. I don't know, like PC saves seem to be more stable or something. I don't know. Um, I mean, it's not usually a problem. I mean, I can save a million. You know, it, it, this is just very unheard of. Yeah. That you know, I mean, we've been saving games for decades. It shouldn't be a thing. I don't know what happened, but. Something That's true. Broke. Consoles, I don't have really issues. Yeah, there's with no problem saves. saving. It's yeah. been fine ever since we got away from the write down your password save from the nes oh, that was a problem geez. but ever since those days it's been okay you kids don't know but we had the, to the pain we suffered write yes. down like pqr3 lowercase z and it was always zero. a fucked up font it was never just a regular yeah. font it was like fancy font and you're like is that a three or is it a z or is it a two and or af- is it an r and after we wrote it down which is a long thing that we couldn't even understand what it was and then we had to put it in we had to enter it back into mm-hmm. the console it was terrible so, um anyways we, anyway. hope, we hope for them to to make it better you should get it on a pc and i'll also say this two uh, asterisks one brad uh and technology don't mix we so don't part of that is going to be maybe that uh and then secondly 
um, it's almost like a good movie or a good album where like, I'll use the album, album analogy, where you're like, man, these three songs are fucking amazing. And then I hate the rest of the record. <laughs> yes. So that just can happen sometimes. And that's okay too. Like, it's like, just take what you have that you did enjoy out of this. And if they never fucking fix it, then you go, well, I'm going to watch their next game because that oh, was really man. fucking good. I mean, oh, no, I can't, dude. I love this game so that's much. That's what happens was, with records, though. That is truly oh. a record thing. Right? I mean, that's absolutely true. But, like, if it, people are saying it works fine on PC, and that's all I need to know because I will right. I will play this because, oh, man, I have a, I've been wanting to play Tactics, and this is just the best I've played in such a long time. Okay, get it for PC. I got to get it for PC once I get my PC. First PC, right. then get it for PC. Um, secondly, I wanted to circle back to Endless Dungeon. We talked about that last episode. You remember? Yeah, and I haven't played it yet. I think I have a code, which makes me a bad person. That's okay. I forgive you. Um, this is the sequel to Dungeon of the Endless, which I loved, which is on the Switch. It's on everything. It's 2D, pixel-based game, but it's buggy. It's buggy as fuck. Every version of it is super ass buggy. And that's why I never put it on my top 10. That's why I never finished it, because it was buggy. It kept deleting saves. Seeing a theme here. Um, so anyway, the developers come out with Endless Dungeon, uh, which is basically the exact same game, but they have revamped it and redone it for modern consoles. They've changed a lot. So it's no longer 2D. It is now 3D isometric. It's like full polygons, full color. Um, they've added a bunch of new stuff. It's kind of like a twin stick shooter in a way. This is the one where basically it's like a combination of twin stick shooter roguelike and tower defense all swirled together right now wait, I talked i'm to, having deja vu you you've talked about this yeah yeah this oh, is okay, a circle okay. back. i'm circling back okay circling back because i did talk about it last episode and i was like oh i'm really excited because i loved dungeon of the endless but i got so mad because i couldn't finish it it kept deleting my saves so mm-hmm. maybe this is my chance for you know redemption or something i can go back and finish this one yeah no no i don't think that i will um so i put some more time into it i just barely scratched the surface last episode but i came back to it and this game is just really really boring they have lost the plot on this one and i'm really sad to say it um i don't think that isometric works as well as 2d because sometimes stuff is just really hard to tell where it's at and like some of the views obfuscated and sometimes there's stuff on the ground that you're getting you're you're tripping on and you can't really quite tell where it's at and i don't think the isometric works as well Um, And I think also for a game that is supposed to be at heart a roguelike, they do not understand what makes a good roguelike. And that makes me very confused because they really got it the first time around. Like with Mm. the last game, it was great. If that game hadn't been buggy, that would have been one of my top 10 the year it came out. Um, And this time, this time around, there's not enough randomization. There's not enough stuff to make it feel like a roguelike. Instead, it feels like they've gone to a grind. Um, So, for example, um, in the first game, you'd go into a dungeon and you'd walk around and then you'd like randomly meet somebody and they'd be like, hey, you want to team up? Yes or no? And you'd be like, OK, yeah, cool. Team up. And then later on, you meet somebody else. and You decide, oh, do I want to keep the first guy? Or keep the second guy. Which guy is better for my build right now? What's going on? Or you'd find better weapons like, oh, I like the first guy, but only if I find this weapon. And then you find it. You're like, OK, cool. It worked. Or, you know, there's all sorts of like little decisions on the fly that you do. Find new guns, new teammates, new like, you know, new things that pop up all the time. So every run felt kind of different. And you would learn over time, like which which way you wanted to build your character and how it was all working. But mm-hmm. it still depended on whether you got it or not. This time around, you don't meet anybody in the dungeons. Like you pick your team from the hub and you go. And there's, you know, you'll get a couple guns that drop, but like all the guns basically feel the same. They just kind of change like affinity. Like one's acid, one's electricity, one is fire. 
Um, but they're all basically the same. They don't feel very different. They don't make you play in a different way. Um, they don't really change how you interact with your characters. Your character, I mean, nothing nothing happens in the dungeon. Like you're just going through the dungeon mm. rather than like as a roguelike making decisions, you know, prioritizing, seeing what comes up. Like there's just, every run kind of felt the same to me and there just wasn't enough variety in it. Um, so I feel like they have lost the roguelike element, which really made the first game great. And they've turned it into kind of a grind. Like you you do a run, you get killed, you come back to the hub and it's like, oh, well, if you want to unlock this thing, you need uh, 10 doodads. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I've only got like two. So that means I got to do more runs and then just oh, collect collecting the stuff. resources. Yeah, and then come back to the hub and unlock the thing. Don't like it. And yeah, and the new characters, instead of just meeting them in the dungeon like you used to, You'll, you'll see them in the hub. They're like, yeah, well, you can all join your party once you get to this certain place. And it's like, okay, so I got to just like slog my way to this one place, get there, and then unlock the guy. Like, it's just, it's mm. lost the randomness and the excitement and the the aspects of it that I thought made it really, really good um, last time around. It just feels like a grind fest rather than a true roguelike. And I think that that's not where the magic of this game is. I just, I just don't like it anymore. It's too boring, too repetitive, and there's just not enough variety in each run. So I lost interest pretty quickly on this one so, so. It, it turns out the endless uh dungeon has an end it does have an end and the yeah. end is right here and right now so i, w- I do want to give it an official score actually oh okay i will and i think i'm going to give this just like a five like five oh all right um i mean it functions it's really pretty like i think the graphics are really nice even though i don't like the isometric but it looks nice um it, it feels very slick and polished but it just doesn't have that same juice that the original had and it feels like a step back from the first game which is really unfortunate. So it's fine. I've played worse games. I've played a lot of better games. It functions. The save didn't disappear. So I guess nice, yeah. it's just right in the middle for me. Purely average. It's a 5.0 endless dungeon. Number five is like, uh, it's a game. It's a game. It's a game yeah. that works. It's a game. There you go. Okay. Um, I have a little listener email uh, I'm going to get to here. Anything else you want to say before we get to this listener email, Carlos? No. Anything for you? Go okay. for it. This comes from good friend Jay Monster, one of my Monster Hunter buddies from back in the day. Uh, love my man, Jay Monster. He sent me uh, this kind of little funny story. So he says, hey, guys, my friend Alan, who lives in Canada, told me a funny story from when he was in Super Potato. And for those that don't know, it's a big and one of probably the most famous retro game store in Japan yep. in the Akihabara area of Tokyo. Pretty world famous Super Potato. Lots of people know that. So he was there with his wife, Kayla, uh, a couple years back and decided he wanted to track down a couple Super Famicom games, which is also known as the SNES, if you don't know. So he wanted to find Donkey Kong Country and Killer Instinct. So uh, he says they're looking for 15 minutes and he can't find it. He's kind of it's getting dull, especially for his wife, who didn't have any nostalgia, wasn't excited about, you know, going to the store or whatever. So he finds Donkey Kong Country, but can't find Killer Instinct and figures he's going to go ask the person at the counter. So he doesn't speak Japanese and doesn't know if the person speaks English. So he does like a Google Translate, types it out on his phone, and then he shows the phone to her. She reads the phone and she gets like a really scared look in her eyes like he's a fucking serial killer. What? So he's like, oh, no, what's going on? So he, he pulls back. He starts Googling pictures of the game and he shows her like an actual picture of the game. And she goes, oh, oh, okay, 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 wait, 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 like, so it turns out Killer Instinct was never released in Japan, so when he, like, was typing, like, whatever Killer Instinct, it wasn't translating properly, and so he showed it to her, and I, I don't know what she thought, like, I'm gonna come kill you, or, like, whatever, oh, whatever Google Translate said. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, that's a pretty funny story. Thank you for sharing that, uh, Alan and Jay Monster. Really appreciate it, and I, I guess I will know. Next time at Super Potato, uh, I will not ask for Killer Instinct. Wait, okay, I have two things from that. One, we've both been to Super Potato, right? You've been? I was there last week. 
No, you were not. I've never been. To, I've never been to Japan. No, oh, no. okay. Well, I have been to Super Potato, and I right was on. in Tokyo, um, and it is actually not very big. It's like teeny. Um, oh, really? Okay. It's like five or six floors, but you know that's what they do in in Tokyo a lot. Yeah, like, all these buildings yeah. just go up and go vertical. Total, total lot of floors. They're all teeny floors, like miniature, like the size of my studio apartment. Okay. Um, but they are jam packed with stuff, uh, and the arcade, which is like near the top, is just full of smoke. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bunch of older guys playing video games, some young, but a lot of older guys, and just they're all they're chain smoking. It's nuts. Nice. Um, but anyways, also that place is overpriced. Uh, I just felt like some of the prices were pretty high. That's what I've heard. That's what I've um, heard. But they do have everything, so it's like you have to pay for it because they have it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're probably capitalizing um, on their rep. I mean, everybody in the world knows Super Potato. Oh, yeah. So you're totally. gonna get, it's like the destination when you go to Akihabara, right? Yeah. I still like it. But uh, yeah. And the other thing I was going to say is that like very soon, and we have already some devices now, um, but with like AI and with just Google and um, not just those those uh, big companies, but a lot of smaller companies are innovating to do the translation thing for us. So oh, yeah. that will yeah. be a, a, a not a problem in the future. We'll just say words and then they'll get translated. True. That is really funny, though, to think that, you know, I, I, I really would like to know what Google Translate did, like what what that changed into, like killer yeah. instinct, this poor lady at the counter. She must have been scared out of her mind. This weird <laughs> guy, Jen American, shows up and starts talking shit like it probably just says, he had a gun or something. Or it he just probably says, had... I am a killer and I have an instinct to kill you. <laughs> That's what it said. Yes. Also, I should apologize. I, I, I called Alan an American. That's an insult. I apologize. He's from Canada. My bad. My okay. Bad. Yeah. That's different. I take it back. Okay. Uh, that's all I've got for housekeeping. Anything else for you, Carlos? Now let's jump into many games. Let's jump into many, many games. Let's turn it back over to you, sir. You said you're bringing two demos to the table. Yes. And there's a lot of demos out right now, so I'm very curious. Which two have you selected for us this week? Oh, man. These are, I think, my favorite games almost of the whole thing. Of all my games, of all demos. the thing of all the games, or well, the demos I like a lot is all I'm saying. So okay. the first demo, and both of these have TikTok videos glitch to the ground on TikTok um, because they're just so weird and crazy. The first one's called Half Sword, and I can't take credit for finding it. Um, I do, you know, watch YouTube videos, watch a lot of people who are playing games and indie games. So someone was playing it. And I saw them play it, and I was like, uh, I have to do it. I think it was actually It's Will on YouTube. And is this on PC or it's PlayStation? It's PC only, okay. and it's a demo, and it's you know not even finished, and it's weird. So it's a physics game where you play third person, uh, similar to those Octodad kind of things where you have to move. Oh, like the, the awkward movement game. Yeah, you move your arms yeah. around. Um, it's not with your legs, so you just walk, but you walk kind of weird. But you don't have to worry about walking, which is good. Um, it's really about just like swinging your arms with melee weapons, uh, which is, you know, you're just flailing around. You're trying to be smart and cool with it, but it looks crazy. Um, and by the way, a pro tip is as long as you swing your arms fast, you might win because that's usually the, the kind of way to win. But just what like it, real life. Just like real life. You just swing your arms fast. Um, so you, you start off, you have nothing, and, you know, you have maybe like your shorts on and that's it, like little undies, little underwear, whitey tighties, tidy whiteies. And you go just forward, and it's all black around you, just like all, you know, nothing. You can't see anything. And as you move forward, you start to see things pop up. And one of them is like a little bench with, like, a lantern and, like, a candlestick holder. And so you pick up the candlestick holder, and that's your weapon, right? You have something. And then you keep walking, and then a person will show up to fight you, just random. 
Just like in real life. Just like in real life. And then you fight them, and if you, hopefully you win, whatever. And then you keep doing that, and you find different weapons as you walk, right? And you find different weapons. You take weapons from the people you beat. Is this like basically just like a long hallway? Of yeah, it's just like empty okay. space. It's like dark okay. space. Okay. But, you know, me, I always uh, find all the, the glitches, the invisible walls. So I actually got to the end of this place, and it was a fence. So I did actually find that there was an ending to it. Okay. Um, but anyways, it's just to show you these fun and ridiculous mechanics of swinging your arms around, all the physics to happen when you connect with people, and it's insanely bloody, and it's oh, also okay. really, really disturbing because after you hit someone, so I've, I've defeated somebody, they fall down, they don't have a weapon, but they're not dead yet, and they're just screaming, <laughs> and it's so disturbing, and I'm like... You have to hit them enough so they do die. Oh my god, that sounds really funny. It's it's is it, is funny, it funny or is it disturbing? Is I don't it know. I didn't want to do it anymore after some point, but <laughs> it was initially funny, and you can see my video of it. Um, okay. But then you keep going, and then you know the fights get harder and harder. Some people have armor, uh, some people have bigger weapons and stuff like that. And yeah, it was just ridiculous and fun, and it's just a you know experimental demo for them to try. But if they release the game even close to just this, I think people will fucking check it out it's so fun uh, it's called half sword fun. half sword okay and the last thing i'll say is my main video i put up was i finally got like the sith or scythe how you say it sith? scythe yeah scythe. scythe and uh i was just swinging it around and i stuck it in the guy's crotch accidentally and then i <laughs> tried to pull it out and i couldn't and he just i dragged him along <laughs> by the scythe uh that was also disturbing That's so funny I need to give these uh, the whole developers just a shout out. Uh, I don't know the name of the developers. I'd look it up. It's called Half Sword. Just Google it. Um, it's fucking cool as shit. It's free. Go go download it. And it's ridiculous. That sounds really fun. Okay. All right. Uh, and then the other one is when I sent another TikTok video I made and I sent you. So you have a little bit of context here. But this was, um, you know, it's very early days. But what they did is there's an Unreal demo called City Sample, just basically a sample of a city. It's mm-hmm. using that Matrix demo that both of us played, I think, at some point, where it's like super sophisticated, high-end graphics, showing what, what Unreal can do, populating a city with cars and people. Um, that demo came out a while ago. but So this is using that demo, but just a little section of the city to basically uh, throw AI uh, on top of the NPCs. So any NPC you have uh, in the city is called a smart NPC, None of it is scripted, and it's just reacting to you talking to the NPC. Now, the difference also is not only is it AI, but it's uh, it reacts to your microphone. So you just have your microphone on, you walk around, and you talk to the characters in whatever you want to say. And it responds. And then they'll respond back? Yeah. Um, here's my initial findings. One, it's just cool. I love this kind of shit. You know me. Um, I had some funny things happen. In general, there are a lot of accents from New York. Because like you're supposedly in New York, so they're like, okay. "Hey, I'm walking. Get out of here!" You know, I'm I'm having a bad day. Um, so that's kind of corny. But a lot of the NPCs seemed depressed. Um, some people were having a, like a mental breakdown, like losing their shit. Uh, one woman was crying, and it just seemed interesting that a ton of people were either upset or um, didn't. They don't want to be bothered. So I don't think it's like the AI kind of like getting the tone of reality by scraping social media or something because everybody's like upset and doesn't want to be bothered and sad right now. It's much simpler than that. They took the New York setting and I think they just kind of put a New York flavor 
you know, of like because everybody's sad and doesn't want to be bothered. Well, anymore. no, everybody in the city that again is a stereotype, but like everybody's in the city is like, get out of my face, you know, I'm just walking here, you know, that mm-hmm. bullshit. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit there, which is weird, but you can push past that, and I did because as long as you keep talking to them, they will give you responses. So here's a couple initial things I found that was fucking fascinating. One person who was super depressed and was on his phone, weirdly enough. I said, hey, do you think we're in a simulation? I think we might be. And he's like, yeah, I can't get out of here. It's like an endless cycle of like hopelessness. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, dude. I feel the same, you know? So we both were depressed with each other and talked about how life was, you know, tough. And then I was like, how, do you think there's a way to get out there? Should we even try? Like, how do we get out of the simulation? He's like, I don't know, but we've got to find a way out. And he oh was God. like determined to get out of the simulation. Um, that was chilling. Uh, and then the other one was a guy, and I said, hey, I, you're an NPC, just so you know, um, and you're in a video game. Don't mean to be harsh on you, but that's what the situation is. And then finally he goes, yeah, that would explain a lot of, like, all those feelings of me not knowing, like, that I'm being controlled by someone else. And I was like, wow, yeah, that's that's it exactly, because you're an NPC. And then I go, but he goes, but it doesn't change anything. He goes, I still want to just live my best life and meet other people. And I go, did you meet other NPCs that you that you like? And he goes, yeah, I met this woman named Sarah, and she's awesome. And I go, what do you and Sarah do? And she's like, yeah, we go around together, and we just went out to this park, whatever. And I'm like, this is crazy. Okay, well, I hope you guys, you know, are dating or something like that. And he goes, oh no, no, it's just friends for now. And so he was like, you know, adamant that they were just friends. Lastly, as I said, because he had coffee with him, I go, before I leave, what's what's in that cup? If you're an NPC, like, you know, that's not coffee, right? And he goes, well, it's virtual coffee, and that's good enough for me. Uh, and and he goes, yeah, it's like, it's a, I go, does it taste like coffee? And he goes, no, it, it's like it's like a program, but, it you know, it makes me feel like I'm having coffee. So the self-awareness thing was just crazy to watch. Um, it's not there yet, and, it's, you know, it's still kind of broken and stuff, but it's a very cool demo. I love that we just can't stop ourselves from inching towards Skynet. I know, I know. This definitely is like a slippery soap of uh, we're all gone. Um, but maybe it isn't. Maybe it isn't. We'll see. This game was called, or this thing was called. It's just called City, City Sample. Sample. You just look and for that. Unreal it's on PC, demo. on Steam? Yeah, it's on a real demo. It's just a demo. You have to download oh, gotcha. it. It's a huge file. Mm-hmm. It's massive. It takes up a lot of like, you know, computing power. I had to like reboot and go to, there's all this, all these plugins and stuff. But I know you probably are like, not a fan of what i just said but i know why you like it that makes perfect sense that just that describes perfectly the stuff that you've said you like and i know that you're into that stuff but for me i couldn't feel less for that but i hear you oh and by the way i will also an asterisk on it because for games this is a games podcast it just allows for like say fable uh i always bring that one up because i miss fable or any rpg that we play or something like that you know those quests don't have to be fully scripted we don't have to have it be like wildly all AI and it just has its mind of its own, but it could just at least have more open parameters than what we have right now, which is we talk to somebody and they say the same thing over and over again. Sure. I just sure. want expansion of the games we love, you know? Or we can hire writers to do that. Well, you can do that, but by the way, they end up not uh, writing everything. Like you can't write everything. You can't write everything, but I feel like we could be employing writers more effectively than we have been. I think it's kind of a cop out and not even just in games and stuff, but you know, like it's, it's pretty famous and kind of a trope that like they don't put a lot into the writing. Like sometimes they do, but most games don't. 
they come up with a game, they come up with like scenarios and then the writer comes in at the end and kind of like does what they can do. But, you know, I feel like writers um, are really the heart of so many projects. We should be hiring more writers. We should employ more writers. We should pay writers more because good writing can really make the difference between something that's humdrum and something that's amazing. And uh, I don't know for me anyway, as a writer myself, uh, if you can tell I'm pretty biased there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that AI is really something that I'm really keen on exploring in terms of, in terms of that anyway. I will say this, you're hundred percent right in that we need more writers. And you're also hundred percent right in that a lot of game developers don't focus on the writing enough or at the wrong time in the development process. Yeah. yeah. Right. Cause I've actually been part of a team uh, and watch like the writing come in at the end, you know? Yeah. Um, it might've been at Microsoft. I don't know. It might've not. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? Like that is a problem and that's something that you can fix now. So I a hundred percent agree with that. I also just think that, and we'll always agree to disagree on this, I think for now, but you can just do that combo. So like a, a, a game can be written with a ton of writers and like awesome plot points and endings and beginnings and middles but that middle uh, crap, you know, um, the stuff that you can flush out and just kind of like the interactivity of the day-to-day of playing an RPG, you know, like Diablo even. If you go back in there, I played the campaign, that was all written. But if now I'm just grinding, I could maybe have some weird AI kind of interactions that might be fun. So I think I you can you. do both. I get you. I yeah. get you. Anywho, that's it for my demos. Uh, and what do you have for your first game? All right. Well, for my first game, uh, boy, this was kind of a roller coaster ride for me. World of Horror. I finally got around to World oh, of Horror. Oh, you did. Cool. Yeah. I didn't get to it in time for spoopy season, so I apologize for that. But I pretty close as far as I'm concerned. I'm still within like the next month, so I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, it's still Halloween. Uh, Let's make it Halloween. Yeah, so. ish. Yeah, for sure. Um, so this was a single developer title that's been in the works for like a while. I've been following it on Twitter um, I feel like at least for a year, if not longer than a year, maybe even longer than a year where this, uh, person has been working on this, like, kind of like, I don't know, like really strange RPG with horror bits. seems like it takes some cues from like maybe Lovecraft, maybe Junji Ito, uh, going back to like kind of an eight bit RPG sort of aesthetic kind of a thing. Well, they're um, calling oh, it one bit. Oh, one bit. Yeah. Yes, sorry. Sorry. Very, it very limited graphics. Seven too many. But uh, so I was very, very curious. It seems like exactly my jam. And I was very excited. So um, I cracked into it and sat down with it. And boy, I don't know that I've ever gone from 10 out of 10 to excitement for like zero out of 10. I don't want to play this anymore in like record time. Okay. It was just really harsh. So um, I don't even really quite even know what to say about the story. It's just like, oh, you're in a town and weird things are happening. And it seems like there are, I think, at least three different storylines you can follow. But before we even get to that, I think that the presentation of this game has a lot to do with how quickly I cooled on it. Um, I think when you look at still pictures of this game, like screenshots, it looks really amazing. Like you're like, oh my God, the pixel art looks great, really creepy and spoopy and stuff. And the music is actually surprisingly effective and good. I think the music is actually really the standout of this game. Um, I thought the music was great. Really kind of like chip tune, 8-bit, but still kind of uh, NES spooky kind of a thing. It really worked. Really worked well. Um But like the tutorial is terrible and I couldn't like it would be like, oh, you check this box and select this thing. And I'm looking at the screen and I don't even know what they're talking about. There's so much stuff on the screen, like every inch is taken up by something. And it's like lots of little boxes, lots of little um, columns, like little spreadsheet and like, you know, images and icons. And I'm like, I it was so much to take in. Like I felt Mm -hmm. like I was getting 
sand thrown in my face. Like I was just like, oh, I can't I can't look at this directly. Like there's too much going on. Like it needed like to be really streamlined and just to change the approach of it. Um, combat is really kind of like menu based, but it's really unorthodox. Like you have to kind of queue up these actions. But I was like struggling. I'm like, how do I even equip a weapon? I don't understand why it's not working. I don't understand how this is what's, what's going on. Um, I was at a school and it was like, oh, you have like four options. And like one is like do the ritual, but they tell you you're not ready for that. And one is like search the school. And I guess it was like randomly taking me to places. And I guess I was just not really sure at all about what was going on and what I was supposed to be doing and what all the like. I got into some of the menus. I'm like, oh, my God, there's like 50 icons in here and I don't yeah. know what they do and what's happening. And I'm like, what do I, what am I supposed to push? Like, I don't even understand. And it just like launches into it. I was going to say alongside everything you're saying, you think of the graphics, which are like difficult to look at kind of at times. Yeah. So. I mean, it was a little bit difficult. I, I feel like the UI was more difficult to look at than the pictures. I think the artwork is good, but I just needed to be like in more, in more service of the artwork rather than mm-hmm. sticking the artwork in. Um, it was just like three quarters of the screen is just like stuff. Like way too much stuff. And I was like, holy smokes, I don't understand. I, I'm having a very hard time digesting this. I went back and replayed and I, I mean, like literally it's like click on this one thing and I'm like, I don't even know where that thing is and it's telling me to click on it. And I'm like, I'm lost. Like I, I don't know where it is. Um, It was like buried like three menus deep or something. And I'm like, oh, is this the thing? Like, holy shit. Like I just, mm. it was just like, oh man, I just, I knew this wasn't going to work. It was just no no good, no good, no go, not for me. It just didn't happen. So despite the fact I've been following this thing for like all this time and I was so psyched just based on the screenshots, screenshots and playing it in practice were like worlds yeah. apart. Yeah, it just, wow. That, that was a thing that I played and I don't even know what happened and I walked away and I felt abused. So, Jeez. Yeah, it's similar yeah. to like a, watching a trailer and you're like so excited and then you see it and you're like, wait, I don't think I like this movie. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. So I bounced pretty quickly i don't think i even made it 30 minutes in that game where i was just like everything about this game was a rough edge and it was rubbing me the wrong way so all right anyway all right um that's all i have to say about world of horror you are bringing to the show something that i was supposed to check into and i didn't so i fully apologize uh this bed we made i know you were kind of excited about it last episode and you got around to it tell us about it carlos yeah the end of last episode right i mentioned it yeah i think you mentioned it really quickly yeah and i was like you know, it's just like games are like I'm doing a bunch of metaphors today, but they are like uh, any sort of art form or that you find interesting by just something piques your interest. And you're like, I think this might be it. Um, I seem to have a good knack with that, especially with indie games. And so when I saw it last episode, uh, it just felt cool because it's a it's kind of a throwback. Uh, I don't know what the actual year is. I could probably look it up, but it's like 1950s style game. Okay. Um, so what is the game? It's this bed we made. Uh, it's not M A I D, but it could be because you are um, you work at this hotel. I was surprised it wasn't M A I D. I know, I know. Uh, you work at this hotel, and you are basically you know cleaning up rooms, and you're a woman uh, in the 1950s in this hotel. And it's a very small game. It's a very indie game. Um, you know, I think I mentioned to you like uh, until dawn or something. The graphics aren't that insane. They're like super simple graphics actually. But third person, and they're good enough. Like, this game is all about mood and atmosphere and, like, puzzle solving and just kind of, like, living in this world. Uh, this 19... Look it up for me if you could. I think it's we'll 19, do. We'll 1950s do. Um, style world where you are kind of thrust into, you know, this role of cleaning rooms, uh, knowing all the people at the hotel, but then kind of piecing together, you know, what 
is going on. There's something going 1950s, on. 1950s, yeah, you're right. Okay. So there's something going on. You know, I think the first picture of the game shows, like, a trail of blood, and, you know, she's mopping it up. So you don't know what's going on. Something fishy's going on. Um, so, yeah, you play the game as by just walking around third person very slowly. And there's no running and jumping, and it's not an action game. But you're just kind of, like, living in this world and investigating rooms. And it starts off with you actually snooping, which they call it snooping, too. It, you're kind of, like, looking through people's stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess as you do, I don't know. I've never done cleaning rooms. Um, and so she's just doing that, and then she kind of talks with, like, uh, her friend who also works there, and they're kind of joking about, like, what would you find out about that person? But then she finds a room where some kind of – crazy stuff's in that room, right? I don't want to spoil anything. Okay. But okay. something about, like, she might be being watched, the her herself. The maid? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and then you just don't know what's going on. There's pictures, there's weird things, there's, like, you know, this game does do a lot of that codes and um, a little bit of puzzles and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's some weird cryptic stuff going on, and you're trying to figure it out. Now, this is why the game is really cool. The Everything you do in the game, as they tell you at the very beginning makes a difference as they like to say in games but it really does because i did just jump on youtube to see like a walkthrough and the character that was in the walkthrough was a totally different character than i was talking to in that same spot of the game if that makes sense so not that it's randomly generated but your choices led you to a different discussion scene well not even that that it was um a different person as a main point of interest i was talking to somebody and let's say it was the bellhop and in the YouTube video, it was like the manager. It was like totally fucking different. But it wasn't random. Like it was, it no, was because no, no. of stuff that you did. It was because of stuff I did. It okay, changed gotcha. it, right? Okay. But that is true. Like that's truly like multiple endings and not even just multiple endings, but multiple ways the story is going to be told to you. Because I did something early on, it was me and like the bellhop with a lot of these things, you know? And if it if we did something else, um, you know, it would have been something else. And I mean like th- you can like throw things away you can like clean up stuff because you you clean as well, and it's actually like a mini game. And you can keep things, you can pick up things. So there's so many little points of where you change. I think the story just by like what you did. Um, I don't know where those you know points are, like even like leaving a door open or something. But it's just so atmospheric. There's this beautiful like you know 1950s music on in the background. It's snowing outside. As the game goes, the progressively gets snowier outside, and it's just a fucking mood. Like this game is a vibe, you know. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it yeah, feels yeah. so good. I was like, it was two hours. I started it, and it was like two hours just went by. I was like, no thanks. I'm not gonna do anything else. Fuck Diablo. Fuck video games. This was like a story that I wanted to be in, and so that's the good news. Okay. Okay. There's two cons. Have you finished it yet? By the way, or no, no, no. I'm like, okay. uh, I think they said. If I check my PlayStation, it says 60% done. So I'm pretty close, right? Like, I think I'm more than half, obviously. Okay. Um, there's one real big reason why I haven't. Uh, yeah. So some of the puzzles, which I don't like too many puzzles, but this one was, you know, I was still, like, in the mood, so I didn't care. One of them was that thing where you have, like, a code, and you have to, like, translate it so that you know what the words say, that thing. Uh, it's like, like a, a symbol, symbol, symbol. Then you oh, yeah, make okay, sure like what those letter are. Letter substitution yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah. So I did it and I, whatever, I'm moving on. There was one more I found and I was like, oh, cool. I have all the uh, codes where I'm ready. Every time I go to enter it, it crashes the game. Oh, no. 
This just happened. Sixty something percent into the game. Oh my god, boy! This is a year for games that crash, dude. What yeah, the hell? That one's on. Like I, right now, I did it four times in a row. I did it last night, and I tried it again. Are you on PlayStation? PlayStation. Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna try again tonight. I don't know if the patch has been updated. Obviously, they're. I'm sure they're doing that. So that's a problem, obviously. Um, hopefully that gets fixed because I really like this game a lot. Um, and I think it's such a good mood and such a cool, like, first, it might be their first game. The second con is, and this is a pro tip for everybody listening, but it does that thing where you you go somewhere, you can't go, like, I can't go down the elevator uh, because it goes, you're holding too many things, which is just a weird, like... Is that because you, your hands are full and you can't push the button? No, it, it shouldn't matter. Like, it, I don't know what they're doing that for. It must be some sort of, like you know, timeline preservation thing or something because there's so many moving parts in this kind of narrative, you know? You may be bringing something with you that needs to stay on right, the floor. Right, 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 exactly. Okay. okay. So it doesn't explain it and just says you're fucked. And so I was stuck for like an hour. And then, and then you know, it's an early, it's a brand new game, so there was no walkthrough. Yeah. And there was no PlayStation help. So I finally just waited. And then like a few days later, someone had it on a forum. And it was, I had to throw the stuff down in a... What's it called? Like they have those little things in the hallway where they can throw things in a bag, like like, a little, like the little laundry chute. Yeah, well, no, like on the carts. Like um, oh yeah, yeah, like the little uh, housekeeping cart. Housekeeping cart. Yeah. So I didn't know that was even a thing and that it was functioned, but you could dump stuff in there. So I finally dumped stuff in there, and then I was able to go down the elevator. That's just hmm. a weird thing. So anybody listening, uh, that happens really early on. Uh, other than that, and the crash, I really think it's special. Um, I'm interested to see what my ending's going to be like because, I, as like I said, I went to YouTube and it was like a totally different kind of character uh, that they were dealing with. But it's just voice acted well. It feels like you're it's a period piece. You know, you're, you're in this this time. It's kind of tricky. You know, there's the, all the kind of power dynamics with bosses and you're a woman in this 1950s, which makes it difficult. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and you're just getting through it and stuff like that. And just, I really like the main character, so... I still speak highly of it. Just got to fix that crash. Oh, man. It's that is bad. just the re- the repeat story of this year. Uh, two of my favorite experiences of the year were unfinishable because they keep crashing. And there's been a number of other games I've played that have all had crash problems that they weren't as good as that. But many where I'm like, oh, man, crashing. What is going on with developers this year? Is it just like, I don't know what's happening. Something's in the water or... Or something's going on. Maybe I mean it can't just be me affecting all these games because my my anti technology reach isn't that far. But uh, like I I've never played. I've never had a year where so many games were just really just so crash prone, bug prone. Yeah, I mean I don't know what the answer is. I know the indie just obviously has like, um, you know, there's just maybe not as many QA people on their team or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I will also say before I leave this uh, review or uh, preview or something. Um, yeah, her name's Sophie. I keep forgetting to say her name. Her name's Sophie. She's such a likable character. I like care for her. Like she's so nice, mm-hmm. and she just wants to do the right thing, uh, even though she's nosy. Um, and you just you're just along for the ride. Someone said it's a guilty pleasure. Someone said it's like, yeah. Someone else said it's a vibe. It just it's done so well. I've heard it's only like four or five hours, maybe. So it means like I'm much closer to the ending than I think. Yeah. Um, so I got to get to fix this crash. But yeah, that's it. There's It's a mysterious room. There's mysterious people. I don't want to say anything because everything I say could affect the, your gameplay. Yeah. But it's just a mystery you're trying to figure out. And you just want to be in that world. And it's super great. 
Oh, man. Well, that sounds great. I mean, the crash is kind of giving me pause. I was going to go run and download it, but I'm going to wait until they patch that then because that sucks. So Yeah, it might be like like totally uh, stable on PC right now. I don't know. but mm, okay. All right. Still check it out. Check it out. All right. All right. That sounds like a winner for sure, though. Yeah. Um, okay. Let me talk for a minute about a new visual novel that I am playing on the Switch. It's called Inescapable No Rules, No Rescue. Uh, so this is definitely, like I said, visual novel, um, heavy on the novel. Uh, it has very strong, um, Danganronpa vibes, which in general is okay, but I'm finding, um, these days, I'm not going to point any fingers here, but I've, I've played a lot of visual novels lately that really seem to be taking a lot of strong cues from Danganronpa, which I mean, if you're going to steal, steal from the best because Danganronpa is amazing. I, I love that series and I had the best time with those games. Um, but it's it just feels a little too close to comfort. Like it feels like it's almost like a side story or something, and I, mm. I and it's not related. It feels like the art style and the vibe is just too similar. Um, so it feels like maybe it's it's a little uncomfortable for me. Um, the premise is that you're this guy. Um, his name is I think his name's Harry, Harrison, Harry, something like that. Um, you and a bunch of other people get kidnapped. Um, they don't explain how or why. Like you just like you get gassed or something. And then you wake up on this island and you're in the middle of nowhere. Um, you have a cell phone, but it's not your cell phone. It's a, a cell phone that your kidnappers give to you. And then your kidnappers show up. And it's these two ladies and they're speaking to you um, from a video camera or something. And they're like, okay, so you guys are here on this island. No one's coming for you. No one knows where you are. And you're going to be here for six months. And we got cameras all over the island. And we want to see you acting like really shitty. So like every time you do something bad or something crazy to your uh, fellow island mates, we'll give you a bonus or something and we'll give you rewards. And if you're too nice and you're too boring, then we're going to starve you to death. Oh so my they goodness. want you to, yeah, it's like really shitty. No, I'm sorry to interrupt. I, it sounds like a game I played like that zero Island, whatever game. Oh, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. like literally Zanky zero is what you're thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. And they're yeah. like, do stuff for the show and you're yes. on this Island. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's already feeling a little bit familiar in terms of vibe, visuals, and kind of the premise. There's been a couple other games I can think of that are kind of like this. Um, But I think the biggest issue with it, number one, is that the characters are pretty unlikable to begin with. And, you know, maybe that's on point. Like, maybe that's that's their intent, right? It's like, we want you to not like these characters. Um, But also, it's like really, 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 like, verbose. Like, I'm, I'm clicking through a lot of the dialogue, and I'm like, okay... Um, there's a fine line between a visual novel where you learn something about the characters and the dialogue is entertaining and it's where, and, and the other side of that line is like, it's way too much talk and I don't care about what you're saying and I don't care about these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, this one falls on the latter half of that where I'm just like clicking through a lot of text and I'm like, okay, I'm not really doing a lot nothing's really happening. I'm not making a lot of choices. Um, like sometimes you'll get a choice of like, oh, do you want to hang out with person A or person B or something? Um, I haven't hit any mini games yet. I've heard there's mini games, um, that uh, pop up later. I haven't got there yet, but I'm just like, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm just like, uh, like I don't feel interested in this. It feels over familiar. It feels like they're talking too much. Um, I don't get a sense of purpose. I don't get a sense of, mo- I'm, I'm not feeling connected is what I'm saying. Basically. Like, yeah. I'm just like, okay, like I get it. And I just like, it's not, it's not doing it for me. So, um, I might give it a little bit longer. But I just, you know, it's one of those games where, like, once you put it down, you, like, instantly forget that you played it. Oh, yeah. And so I put it down for a day, and I 
totally forgot that I had played it. Like I uh, had started it like the night before. I'm like, okay, this is going to be a visual novel. Cool. Start playing it. And I'm like, Ooh, getting tired. Too much text. This is not exciting. You know, went to bed completely had forgotten. I had even played it. And I went to bed the next day. I'm like, Oh, I meant to play this. And I just, it did not stick like even a bit. So dude, it's like I'm Mr. Metaphor today. It's like books. Okay. Um, (laughs) Not like an album. No, this one's like books because straight up, I have started so many books and noped out of them. I mean, a visual novel, right? Like, if you're yeah. not into what the fuck is the words, then yeah. you're out. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really the trick, right? Like, the trick is like to really get hooked, get your player hooked, get them connected, get them invested. And if you can't do that really quickly, you you really risk losing them, and I mean I've played a lot of visual novels. I play I play many visual novels, mm-hmm. and very few of them I find get that perfect balance. There's been a few, and when I connect with them, I think they're amazing. I love them, but so many of them are just like way too much reading, not enough interactivity, not enough leveraging of the uh, video game medium, and a lot of uh, there's a lot of me too stuff out there. So um, I, I might put a little bit more time into Inescapable, but I got to say it gives a pretty bad first impression, um, and I it's one of those where you like. Okay, I I should probably get back to this. I probably should. Um, I uh, maybe get, uh, there's dishes. I can. I better go wash the dishes. Dishes. Day. Oh my. And then goodness. you go wash the dishes. Then you come back. You know what I mean? So. I mean, I don't because that sounds real. Like you don't want to play it, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. So that's about it. I wish. Uh, I wish I could say that it hooked me, but it, it didn't hook me, and I I'm not sure that I'm gonna put too much more time into it. So. All right. Little Goody Two Shoes, you have been talking about this for a little while now, at least a, at least a week or so. I still not even clear what this game is, so um, I think that maybe I'm thinking of a different game when you're talking about this one. So why don't you reset me, take me back to square one, pretend like I don't know anything about this because I don't. Little Goody Two Shoes, tell us about this game, Carlos. It's funny because it littles in the title, and it makes me think of Little Misfortune. Um, okay, that's right, right? Am I saying my yeah. own favorite? That's the game, game that you loved. You loved yeah. that one, yeah. It's L-I-L Misfortune. I just want to make sure I don't get it wrong because I love them to death. Little Misfortune. Yeah, it's not Lil. It's, uh, or is it Lil? Little. Okay, it's Little Misfortune. So there's both Little is what I was trying to say. Okay, yes. Um, so, you know, it's funny how people find out about games. Some from our podcast. But I uh, talk to my barista all the time, Owen, who's, you know, been yes. recognized on this show many times. What up, Owen? And he said his girlfriend was playing... Uh, little goody two shoes and it's just a, a crazy name to hear and you go what kind of game is that and he was mentioning that she was stuck somewhere but it was a weird game and it was really cool and, and whatever that's all i heard so i was just intrigued just by the name alone and maybe because my brain was like little misfortune you know but so it is a what's interesting about it is it's a game where it's a kind of anime style uh, Super NES, right? So Super 16-bit style graphics of the actual game, but like, uh, what is it called? Uh, uh, when the kind of super deformed. Yeah, but then the the uh, when they show the dialogue, it's like you know the the characters are like yeah, a little character profile. Yeah, character profile, and it's all anime, you know. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the, what is the game? You play um, as oh my goodness, little goody two shoes, but she has a name. What's she her looks name? like Red Riding Hood or something like that. It isn't Red Riding Hood. Um, let me look up her name. You keep talking. I'll look it up. Elise. Sure. Uh, I believe it's Let's Elise. Let's go with that. Yeah. And so you play as her. Um, it's the, Weirdly enough, the story starts off kind of sad where he, she loses uh, the woman who was taking care of her. 
and you're like, oh, okay, this is going to be kind of like a heartfelt thing or whatever. But immediately as you, as you start playing as her, she's kind of mean. <laughs> like she's just kind of, she wants a lot of like uh, things and she wants to be like famous and money. And so, cause she grew up, you know, with nothing and now she wants everything. Sure. So I was kind of thrown by the demeanor of this character, but then she also gets meaner. Like she finds someone like in the shed. Um, I'll tell you the style of the game in a minute, but this is good to set this up. So she finds someone like rummaging and she thinks that she like broke that girl broke into her house, but she didn't. It's pretty clearly she didn't. And so she's like mean to her and it gives her chores and stuff. And I was like, I don't know if I care for my main character like at Mm. all, Um, which is just weird. But how the game plays out is you're walking around this little town. You have a house and there's a gardening thing. So there's some of that kind of simulation stuff. But it's really a narrative adventure. You go into town and you you have like a, a day night cycle thing. So in the day, you do these little mini jobs for the residents. When you do a job for them, it turns into like literally like 8-bit style video game where like you just run back and forth, collect eggs or, you know, try to collect apples and don't get hit like an Atari game or something. Okay. Okay. Then when you finish those, it gets you money so you can buy things and resources, stuff like that. So that's like the, the actual uh, main gameplay loop. But what happens is, and why this is even interesting to me, is that that all sounds fine. You're a, a girl who's, you know, trying to um, make it in this little house, and you know, you you have dreams of wanting to have all the success, and you're doing chores for people. And in general, she doesn't like the townsfolk. She doesn't like anything she's doing. She's kind of grumpy, and then a weird macabre kind of dark. They call it phantasmagorical horror. Mm-hmm. Um, like narrative shows up where something kind of shows up. She goes to a dream world and this other force is watching her and trying to pull her to this dark side, which now that makes sense because the whole game set up the fact that she kind of already was like over people, <laughs> you know? So that is the most interesting thing about it. Not the gameplay loop it's, itself, but just kind of seeing where this story is going to go. And the fact that there's multiple endings, and so all your choices matter, blah, blah. It's just weird. It's like, you know, you always like that H.P. Lovecraft stuff. Oh, yeah. It's got like this darkness to it with this cutesiness to it. And it also has the decisions, like, what are you going to do? But the gameplay loop itself isn't like super anything to write home about. But you're also doing things like running around in the dark and like feels like a horror game all of a sudden. And you're, you know have to find your way out of a room or something. It's hard to explain this game as I'm saying words. <laughs> as I just said all those words, I don't know if I explained anything. And there's been a lot of like kind of 16-bit horror games lately. I can think of a couple that have come across my desk in the last month or two. And it seems like one of those, it reminds me a little bit of, um, oh gosh, what was that one that I loved? There was one that I absolutely loved that's really kind of gave me vibes of this one. Um, and boy... I sure can't remember it. I'll look it up. Um, anyway, but yeah, so I get it. So it's like kind of a 16-bit and like kind of verges into horror, kind of surprised you a little bit, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, but so do you think that this girl's going to get her comeuppance or do you think that she's going to like redeem herself possibly? I, it seems like obviously there's multiple endings, but I feel like they're pushing you towards, you know, going to the dark side. Like it's obvious from the beginning. This character yeah. doesn't like people. She's kind of like quick to judge. Um she finds herself, I find her like apologizing a lot 
And I'm like, I think that's a bad like personality trait. <laughs> like, she's mean and then apologizes. Mean and apo- there's a word for that, right? Um, I'm think, sure there is. It's yeah. probably German. Nice. Uh, yeah, will it says right here in the in the description? Will Elise risk it all for the sake of a dream come true, or settle for humble day to day life? Um, I guess you might be able to pick in quotes a good ending, but they really push you to be mean. Um, yeah. and, and I will say I played like a chunk of it. And I just kept doing the mean options because it felt like her character, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, you should come to church. And she's like, fuck church. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I mean, she didn't say that, but. Effectively, yeah. Yeah, okay, she I remember basically what it doesn't like people. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to play the character as that. And I'm going to go to the dark side then. So what this What this is reminding me of, I don't, th- I don't think you've played these games, but this is reminding me a lot of. Um, the Count Lucanor, which I played. Right. From, yes, it does have yeah, that vibe. The Count Lucanor, which I loved. And also um, Yuppie Psycho is what it kind of reminds me of. Kind okay. of in that same basket. Yep. So I'll have to. I love those two games. If this is giving me the right vibes, if I'm picking up what you're putting down, then maybe I should check into this one. Yeah. And those the thing they talked about, those mini games are just like super fast. Right. Yeah. They're just to, uh, to serve a purpose, which is to give you, you know, resources and stuff. And I also say this. um, the only thing that is a pain, which I don't like in any game, is that you have to eat food. Um, you have a hunger meter? You have a hunger meter. Yeah. Oh, what? Really? I know. I'm almost going to make you bounce, probably. But like, Oh, my God. You have is, to, it a, is it a hassle, or is it no big no, deal? No, so far it's been okay, but I did find myself, what happens is it actually changes the screen. Like, if you get too hungry, she gets a little dizzy, you know, and oh, the screen okay. gets weird. But uh, you always make money, and you always can buy or make food. Uh, you eat bread and pretzels and stuff, and then it just heals at you. But I, I did get like drowsy a bunch of times. Um, but then I just I had I always had enough stuff to get food, uh, and okay. you can get hurt and get you know I guess you can die. I think I don't know if I died, but you can get hurt and stuff like that. There's like health meter and food meter, so you know it's not just walking through this game. Um, so those are kind of interesting, and I don't really care for the mini games. It's just kind of they're there. But it's more about like moving to the next narrative beat and seeing what happens. All right. Well, you kind of have piqued my interest. If it's in the same bucket as those other ones that I enjoy, maybe I'll check it out for sure. Because I do love a really kind of small, kind of unexpectedly horror type narrative, which seems like it's kind of in that same group of, of titles. So. Yeah. And Undertale. Right. There's a little Undertale in there, too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get you. I get you. All right. All right. Cool. All right. I think you've sold me on this one. Yeah. I still like it. Um, I don't know if I made that clear, but I really like it. <laughs> Let's finish with I Still Like I It. I Still Like It. All right, right, good, good, good. All right, that was Little Goody Two-Shoes. Let me talk for a minute about Jagged Alliance 3. Oh, no. Oh, why oh, no? Well, here's what I'll do before the review, or before Uh you talk about it. Oh, no, okay. I've liked Jagged Alliance before, but the last review I just saw was like, oh, you can't go back. Sometimes you can't go back. Oh, really? To the past. Um, But you might like it, so let's hear so after I had had my heart, uh, I guess at least temporarily broken by Lamplighters League, I was like, oh my God, I still want to play some tactics, some turn-based tactics. I want to play something. And I know I heard some people talking about this one. I know that Dan at um, Game Critics reviewed this for us. And he, if I remember correctly, I, I seem to remember he liked it fair enough. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's worth a, worth a shot. There isn't like a lot of turn-based tactics coming out right now. So it's not like I've got a million to choose from or anything. So I jumped into it. Um, I didn't really know a lot about it. I've never played the other Jagged Alliance games. I guess they were on PC. 
like 20 years ago or something. This is like 20 years between sequels, which mm. I think caught a lot of people by surprise. Um, so I don't have any experience with the previous games. I was just kind of coming to it fresh. But I've heard some people, uh, as I was asking around, they were saying, oh, it's kind of like a contemporary of like the original XCOM back in the day. So I'm like, okay, that kind of gives me a frame of reference a little bit. Um, because the original XCOM is a lot different than modern XCOM. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, so this is about an island that is taken over by some, I don't know, militia or something. They kidnap the president and the president's daughter hires you. You are the coordinator of mercenaries to come to this island and free them and get the president back and put things right. Um, the very first screen of the game, they're like, this is a parody. We are making fun of these things. So just know that, um, which is kind of an ominous way to start a game. It's almost like, a, oh, no, what? what's coming that you needed to warn me that you were going to do comedy, right? Like right. good comedy, I don't think you need a warning for. Um, and so that kind of threw me for a little bit of a loop. I was not ready for that. So I get into it and it is a very, very like to be perfectly frank. I think the best summation of this game is like, I'm surprised it's on console is how I can say that. Like there's so many little bits and bobs to this game. Lots of little st like, you have like three different command windows that you need to toggle between because there's so many commands. It's the kind of game where you're like, your guy is like standing, he's crouching and he's prone and you got to like choose between those things. Um, basically, there's a lot of stuff going on here. And I think it's it's pretty, pretty tough to parse, even for me as somebody who's very experienced with tactics games. Um, this is like very PC ass tactics. Games I was just going to say they, that. It sounds like a PC game. Yeah, they go, they go, they go even harder than the stuff that we get on console for sure. Um, so basically, it's like kind of an isometric view. I mean, colorful graphics. It seems fine. Gets the job done. You start the game, and I just I just felt like I was floundering a little bit. They're like, yeah, hire some mercenaries and get to work. And I'm like, okay, I guess. I mean, maybe just start me off with a team and then maybe take it from there. But I hired three people at random, um, and then I went to this island, and it, I was a little bit confused about how to move around. I'm like, okay, wait, where am I going? What's going on? Uh, and then you start the mission, and it just I just needed more of a walkthrough about how this game even works, right? Like the last sequel is 20 years ago. I mean, I'm sure there are people around who remember it, but I am not one of them. And so a little bit more of a handholding would have been good at the beginning. So I'm trying to figure out how do you ambush somebody or like, how do you set things up? And it just seemed like you got really tossed in the deep end right off the bat. Right. It's like they expected you to know what the first two games were. I mean, I almost, I guess, which is kind of crazy because it was decades ago, but yeah. yeah, it's almost like they expect you to walk right into it and just be like back at home or something. So I don't think the tutorial really got the job done very well. And I'm I'm no stranger to tactics games, but I am definitely a console tactics games. Uh, this is like one step even further than what I'm used to. So uh, there was like a lot of like, you know, lots of windows and stuff and like money management and all this little like status management and stuff. And it just was like very like a lot of stuff to deal with. And it didn't, I mean, I think they did an okay job mapping it to controller, but it just, it kept reminding me, I bet this works a lot better with a mouse like when you can just point to all these little windows instead of yes. trying to navigate through them and stuff, you know, mouse and keyboard. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't feel, it does not feel like it has console sensibilities, which is fair. Um, but I did play it on console. So that's kind of where I was at. Right. So I stumble my way through the first mission. I do like, okay, but my guy takes damage and I'm like, Ooh, I'm not doing too good. I'm not sure what's going on here. I get to the second mission and I get rocked. Like I just get destroyed and I'm like, Oh shit. Like, what the hell? Like I was missing my shots and the dudes are just like ripping me up. One of my people died right off the bat. And strangely, one of my other people lost morale and they ran off. They were not listening to orders anymore. 
So like I basically, yeah, they just like, they climbed up on top of a house and they ran across the roof and they jumped into the jungle and left. I kind of love that, by the way. I I kind of love that. I kind of do too, but also it fucked me like severely because they, you know, one person's dead. The other person bolts. All I got left is one guy and I'm surrounded by like four other guys. There's no way you're going to win that battle. And I didn't. And I'm just like, okay, like I, 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 I don't need this right now. I don't need this kind of punishment right now. I was hoping to kind of sink into something and just get some tactics under my belt and play for a little bit. But like, this seems like I need to like work very hard to learn it, especially on console where everything is kind of like in a, a wonky place with the yeah. controller and everything. So um, that was a pretty bad first impression. And I just, I mean, real talk, I just wasn't in the mood for it. I'm like, I'm not here for this right now. Maybe I'll come back to it, but uh, not right now. This is not my jam right now. Well, so that's, I'm bad. Yeah. Okay, well, that's a different reason than why I think the other person I read uh, said they didn't like it. Because, yeah, it's it's like a style thing. It's like, it seems like a PC game on console. Uh, I yeah. don't remember even playing the first one, but I know of it. We both knew of it, right? Yeah, I knew of it, but I had never, I had, never had any personal experience with it. But. Yeah, all right. Well, I will say one final note. Um, I think that their uh, comedy disclaimer, um, I mean, I can see why they put it in there, because it's not funny. Like, none of it's funny. Um, the people talk all the time and it's just like really inane, dumb chatter. And I was like, Oh my God, I hope I can turn this off mm. because they, it's the kind of stuff where it's not, it's, it's almost like they want it to be a one liner, but it's not really funny. And you're just, you're hearing this prattling over and over and over. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm just, yeah, no, nah, not all digging right. it, not digging it. So, all right. Jagged Alliance three, I bounced hard bounce on that one. Bow, bow, um, bow. yeah, man. Bow. Bow. Oh, before we go to the next game. Yes. Uh, asterisk. Um, asterisk. Yes. While you were um, pontificating. What? Uh, yeah. What's pontificating? Uh, what was that? Is that wrong usage? I just wanted to say that word. I mean, it's kind of like what you say when someone's like all full of themselves or kind of keep talking. You can't. Okay. Them up so and it was all... wrong. It was wrong. Okay. Use. Never mind. As you were discussing. Uh, okay. Jagged Alliance 3. I mean, I was like, oh, are you saying something, Carlos? Did I go on too long? Oh, nice. man. I'm getting okay, cut. You, weren't, you weren't pontificating. Okay. Um, you could call it the not pontificate podcast. No, don't do that. <laughs> no. Uh, I just checked uh, this bed we made. It just like hit it, resume or whatever. Just, you know, because PlayStation has resume activity. Are uh, you playing games right now? No, I'm not playing. I just said I just hit resume because I wanted to make sure if it was still broken. And it seems like it might not be broken anymore. Oh, That's good. all I'm okay. saying. I didn't. Okay. I didn't play any. I just wanted to hit resume, see if it crashed. It didn't do, do any crashes. So, hopefully, fingers crossed. People listening to this podcast, go just download it because I think it might be fine now. After the podcast, play some more. Send me a text. Let me know if it's actually fixed. If it is fixed, I'll go buy it. Okay. Oh yeah, you, that's gonna be awesome. I'm so excited yeah. for you. Experience. Yeah. But I'm, I refuse to buy any more broken games this year. I've already got several. That's right. I, that's right. Okay. I'm done. Okay. I'll let you know. Okay. Over to you, Carlos, for a game which I I looked at and I was very puzzled by, and then I moved on because my life is really full right now. Bem Fato, B E M F A I T O, is that right? Yeah, I don't know. I would say oh, Fato. Yeah, not Fato. Fato. Bem Fato. Okay, yeah. okay. I think that stands for something. I didn't look it up. Uh, I did absolutely like the <laughs> least amount of homework I could do <laughs> yes. for any podcast. This I week. will look it up right now. Go ahead. Um, it's but I, and you know this. They call it a life sim with horror again coming in. So it's like. Um, and it's much more than that. But yeah, there is that kind of horror element. So I played two games this week that are indies that have kind of a cutesiness to them, but then they have a horror thing. Uh, all before, like, we should have played this in Halloween, but whatever. 
So what is this game? I don't know. I'm going to probably just try to do the same exact thing I did with um, Little Goody Two-Shoes. But what intrigued me is the art. It's um, very simple, like, uh, again, 8, 16-bit graphic style. It's not 2D, it's 3D, but it's like 2D on 3D, that style. Um, you have a little character that looks like very like Earthbound or any of those games. Yeah, kind of very cartoony-ish. Cartoony-ish. Uh, very simple colors, meaning like uh, you know, like three colors, you know? Uh, yeah. Purple, white, blue, kind of black. And you play as a little character um, in a video game, and he's you know it's a life sim for this character. Uh, by the way, is his name Bem? I don't know, but I do know this game is from Latin America is where it comes. I think it comes from Brazil, I believe. Uh, Take control of General Chores. No, where's his name? Oh, uh, Reginaldo. Reginaldo. Okay. Yes. Um, Okay, so this is the idea. You're going to control this character in this game, and it's a life sim. You think like a very, very light version of a Harvest Moon where you're fishing and doing things and tending to garden and, and mowing the lawn. Okay. It's not really about that at all. So it's, it's, you know, kind of a creepy, fucked up thing where in the very beginning of the game, it says there's a cartridge, which is this game you're playing. It was for the Megacorp, like a, you know, fictitious kind of Sega Genesis kind of console. And so when you load up the game, it's all very like VHS style. The menus look like that. And, uh, you know, old school 90s or whatever. And you have an interface where you have the cartridge you have folders, like you're looking at a desktop. It essentially builds up like an old school 90s OS, you know. And you can like go through the different folders and like look and read the manual and, you know, look at files. And then at some point you're going to double click the actual file because you're playing like an emulated version of this game that, you know, supposedly was like lost or something, right? What's that other thing that was like... There's an like arcade console that was supposed to be haunted. And this reminds me of like Pony Island or... Pony um, Island, yeah, and that game. Something like that, yeah. or uh, Frog Fractions a little bit. Not the scary aspect, but yeah, kind of yeah. like Yeah, yeah, where there's a game within a game, it's a meta, yeah. right? Yeah. So you have this OS, you kind of like are looking around, trying to figure out clues, and then you just play the game. So I, I did get stuck, and I'll tell you why, but um, yeah, you basically start off as a little character. He's got a house. It has a bunch of chores for you to do. Uh, definitely felt like little goody tissues. I went and did these chores and then there's kind of a weirdness going on where like characters will show up to come visit you and they all got kind of a weird thing going on and you're like, okay, cool. Well, you got to go now. (laughs) I don't know. You've overstayed your welcome and first character who stopped by kind of went and leave. And then I went down to this uh, sewer and that's the other part where it started getting weird where I just walked into a section of the sewer and the whole screen started freaking out and your face kind of freaked out and i was like oh, i should not go back down there so i went back home and then day two happened and i did more chores and here's what you can tell what the game is going to be like um similar to the other one you just said what's it the count liqueur or something count lucanor yeah yeah lucanor where like you meet your next guest who stops by almost like animal crossing but messed up and it's a fiery guy he's like a fireball guy like literally like a fire yeah he's on fire and so it goes take your friend for a swim and i was like that's fucked up i don't he's fire you know right but you have certain objectives and if you don't finish him you just can't beat it you know you have to do certain objectives so i had to do that objective to progress to the next day so i brought him over to the pool or the water the lake and i go hey you know let's go for a swim and he's like fuck no i can't (laughs) 
I'm gonna. It's bad. I, I, yes, I am I fire. Hate, this is water. Yeah. We don't mix. And he seems sad too. And so I was like, oh, it's gonna be fine or something, which is fucked up. And so he jumps in and he fucking dies. And and they show blood, which is weird because he's fire. Had blood. Yeah, the fire had blood. And so this is the game. Like it's just gonna progressively get more fucked up and weird. And I don't know if I'm there for it. But the main reason I stopped was because. Similar to the story of all the games today, not a crash, but I straight up am stuck. Like it says, tend to the vegetables, and I don't know what the fuck to do because I've used all the tools on it and I can't mm. tend to the fucking vegetables. So I'm stuck because I don't know what the fuck to do. I'm sure anybody listening right now was playing it. It's like, you moron, just do this. Are there any guides for it or anything? I'm sure there is now. I played it when it first came out, like the night of, you know. So this is all like the first hour it came out. <laughs> um, but I still got the vibe. I know what they're doing, right? They're doing that thing where it's a menu within a menu. It's a, it's a meta about this game and the company who made the game. And there's a horror element. And the OS is probably haunted, right? So that's the vibe. And I think it's still cool. Like, it's really interesting. But I just need to be able to, like, get past where I'm stuck. You get gotcha. the vibe, right? I made yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, You know, I, I looked at it, and I got to be honest, um, the art did not appeal to me. I think if the art was... A different style that probably would would have appealed to me more um, conceptually because I think the concept is pretty solid, but just looking at it, it did not um, delight my eyes. Okay, and so I decided to move on because I just didn't like looking at the screenshots, and I'm like, this is not my not my vibe, and I got so much on my plate right now that I, I have other stuff that I do want to get to. So I I let it go, but it sounds you know it sounds fairly interesting what you're saying. It's fairly interesting, and I think it's going to get dark as hell uh, if I you know when I get past this one section. So. It's just, it was such a, I don't think I've ever played a game where so early on I felt like bad. Like I felt really bad about what I just did. <laughs> well, it must be effective then, I guess. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think it's a, I think it's fucking effective. Yeah. So yeah, it reminds me of like Lisa a little bit that we played recently right. where yeah. I immediately did some rotten shit and I'm like, I don't want to play this anymore because I feel like this is terrible. And oh I my goodness. I could have just said this game's Lisa. Yeah, <laughs> that'd have been easier. Well, I would have understood, but I don't think our listeners might have gotten that. So okay. I'm glad you explained what you did. Yeah, there it is. Right. I played a bunch of weird indie games that made me feel kind of weird. Okay, there we go. Um, let me talk for a minute about Jusant. We're talking about that now. Yes, and I actually told you about that game, didn't you I? You did. You told me about it last week, so I went to go play it. And actually, it's funny that we talked about um, John from Gaming in the Wild because... He just did an episode on Jusant, and I wanted to see what his opinion was, um, and so I listened to his show, and I've heard other people talking about it, and I'm here bringing my own opinion, and I feel like my opinion is basically different than everybody else's opinion out there, so oh. good counterpoint, I guess. Okay. Most people are in love with this game right now, and I get it. I can, I can see why, um, but I'm on the other side of this, but let's, let's, let's start at the beginning here. Jusant is from Don't Nod, and I love Don't Nod. I think they're doing a lot of really cool, interesting things. Um, they don't always work for me, um, but I, I love the approach they're taking. I love what they're doing. I love them as a developer. They're being pretty experimental, um, lots of cool ideas. They're swinging for the fences, and I adore them. So I think even though this is one that didn't work for me, I'm so glad that they tried it. Yeah. I'm so glad that they made it. And I mean, I could be, you know, out in left field here. It seems like a lot of people are queuing this one up for award season, so we'll see. Oh, really? We'll see. They they're the famously Life is Strange people, right? Yeah, Life is Strange. They did a couple others recently that I played. And I it's like 
I kind of like all their games, even though I don't like necessarily love them all and I don't necessarily connect with them all. But I, they're like one of those developers. Where I'm like, yeah, man, I'm glad you did that. That didn't work for me. But man, that's so cool. You did that. And I like right. it, but not for me, you know, kind of a thing. Oh, yeah, they did Vampire, too. Um, I did like Vampire. That, that wasn't what it was called. Or Vampire? Vampire. Like Vampire. A y. Yeah. And I did re- like that one. Remember Me, which I actually liked. Back remember in the me, day, which, uh, I I like the idea of remember me. But oh no no like remember playing. me something else. Okay, never mind. That's a different one. That's Neo Paris one. Yeah, Captain yeah. Spirit. I was like, ah, take or leave it. Tell me why. Yeah, there's a bunch of where it's like, yeah. I think I like what you're doing, but I'm not sure. Okay. They also did um, another one that was just on the Switch from just this year, which is actually going to be one of my favorite games. Oh, Gerda, A Flame in Winter was amazing. Right. Love Gerda. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So like. So this is don't nod. Like they're they're good people. I'm I'm down with don't nod. Right. So, Jusant, what is it? It is a third-person climbing game. Um, it kind of has, like, I think Journey is the one that people are most most comparing it to, mm. where, like, there's no real dialogue, and you don't quite know what's going on, but there's, like, you know, this thing you got to do, and you're kind of on this, this path to go do it. Um, the game starts with you as being um, a kid wearing some kind of a weird coat, like a furry coat, and... Um, Inuit glasses. Uh, he is in the desert, and so he puts those on to stop himself from getting sun blinded. So it kind of tells you a lot right off the bat, like very sunny, deserty uh, environment. He's got a little, I don't know, frog-like creature in his backpack that looks kind of like a sentient drop of water, kind of like a frog, kind of like a Pokemon sort of a thing. Okay. And you're just walking towards this um, column. It's like it starts at the ground, and you're in this flat-ass desert, and it just goes from the ground all the way past the clouds. So there's this column of rock and it's huge. It's like, it's enormous. And so you immediately know, oh shit, okay, I'm going to be climbing this thing and this thing is tall as fuck and I can't even see the top of it. And so you got to climb. So you get there and it's immediately obvious what's going on. Um, There's boats all over the place, but this is a desert, which means there used to be water here and now it's gone. And, um, I know a lot of people I've spoken to are like, oh, I'm so curious about how, what happened to the water? And I'm like, I don't care. The water's gone. That's all, that's all I need to know. Like, I don't, that's not a mystery for me to solve. That's an ecological disaster. You yeah. know, like, I don't know, maybe it's too much of the moment or something, but I'm just like, I don't give a fuck why the water's gone. I see the water's gone. I get it. This used to be an ocean. Now it's gone. Just like Kansas. Um, okay. I'm, I'm good. I, I, I am no longer curious about this. Um, what I was curious about is the kid and his journey. But before we get to that, you're going to start climbing almost immediately. And this really threw me for a loop. I know some people are really praising the climbing mechanics. I find them to be okay. Uh, I've played actually several climbing games that are like this, where left trigger is your left hand, right trigger is your right hand. And so when you want to grab onto something, let's say, for example, you're on, the, on this ledge, you want to grab a rock, you point with your left stick and you pull the left trigger, your hand will grab something, your left hand will grab it, and then you pull up, and then you um, let go of the right trigger, and your right hand will open, and then you grab something, and you pull the trigger, and it grabs, and you climb up. So that's pretty par for the course as far as these climbing games go. I played several of these. Struggling, um, not exactly a climbing game, but has the same mechanics, which I was a really big fan of. Struggling, what an amazing game Struggling was. Oh, are you? No one played it but me and you, but I finished, I fucking finished that game. But what an amazing game. And we have different opinions. Of that yeah, game. you hated it, I but I thought it was fucking genius. Burn in hell. Um, um, well, also, no, the controls, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all about the controls. Also, Tip Top Don't Fall was one I played recently on Xbox. The exact same mechanics. But here's the difference. And here's what kind of wigged me out. In most games of this kind, 
you are using left stick, left trigger for left hand, right stick, right trigger for right hand. In this game, you are only using the left stick for both your hands. And my brain like oh. melted the fuck down, dude. I was like, oh, I can't. Uh, what's going on? Because they use the camera control for right stick, which is not usually the case in a game like this. So I was like, oh, this feels very like simplified and um, it just didn't grab me as much as it has in other games where like you're really working for every inch. I mean, it's easier for sure. And I don't think that they meant this to be like a balls hard climbing sim, which I get. I get. That's fine. But it just kind of threw me for a loop. Right. Because I've played so many of these and it was, it's like it looks like the same, but it's not the same. And just that little bit of difference was really strange to my hands. But it's not harder. Really... It's not harder. No, it's easier. Way easier. Oh, uh, OK. It's easy. It's easy to the point where basically all you need to do, um, not always, but in many sections, is you just point a direction and you just spam the trigger left, right, left, right, left, right, 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 right and it, it kind of just climbs. Like it's not even okay. a big deal, right? So, which is fine, which is fine. Uh, I just, it was just strange to me. Um, so you climb up this tower and there's no talking and you find a bunch of notes and immediately I'm just sh- like shut down. I'm like, I don't care about notes because just like to take a real life example, if you were to come into my house, Let's say a thousand years from now, uh, me and my entire family are dead. It's just like a, it's like a, it's like a archaeological site. Mm-hmm. And you were coming to my house, and you're like, okay, let's find out what Brad Galloway was doing back in 2023. You would know shit because there's no notes around my fucking house. <laughs> nice. We don't leave notes. <laughs> there's no fucking notes in my house. You might, if you're lucky, find my grocery list that I write up on a whiteboard once a week, but you're not going to find post-its. To me, to my wife, yeah, from my kid to my neighbor, nothing, and it just wrecks my brain whenever someone's like, "Yes, this society is built on post-it notes, and we leave them all over the place." Right. I'm just like, okay, I'm out, I'm out. Okay, but whatever. By the way, like, the, the name of the podcast is No Notes. No Notes. That's pretty good. That's pretty yeah. good. I'm gonna write that. Down. You're right, though. We don't leave them. I mean, we leave like digital media. Like, like maybe, yeah, yeah, computer. Like, you could find out some stuff on my computer, find my phone, but like, you're not gonna find a note or anything like it, it kind of makes me think of like um what is that one the very famous one about you go into this the haunted house and it was um it was one that everybody quotes go home no go home no gone home gone home yeah the tons where of it notes. was like tons of <laughs> it was wall to wall post-its dude diaries yeah. post-it stickers like i was like holy shit what is going on in this house these people are crazy yeah but anyway anyway so i was not um, picking up on the story I, I I didn't give a shit about the notes I hate notes in games it's like a personal thing the weakest most like ineffective way to tell a story ever um, but you start climbing and I, already I'm having some issues because they're not really very specific about which way you're supposed to go like it's almost like open-ish a little bit but you're on this giant column and so there's only so many places you can go but still it's like well where uh, maybe I'm going this way am I going this way and eventually you find your way but you can ask your little frog buddy for a hint and like the hint he gives you is so fucking vague it's like um like blue glow above you okay yeah no shit no shit i gotta go up yeah okay i figured that much but like i just need like some more specific hints because i was often going places that i wasn't supposed to go and i didn't know i wasn't supposed to go there until i got there and then when you take your character into places where they don't want you to go it's glitchy it's Mm. really glitchy like i was bouncing off walls and like my rope that you are climbing with is clipping all over the place and stuff and um, I was just like, okay, this sucks. Like I, I got, um, had to get myself unstuck a few times. I'm like jump and I'm trying, I'm trying to like glitch, like kind of like how you're, you're breaking through walls. I'm trying to get myself out of a wall right. and get myself unstuck. So that was kind of like, um, I wish they had given you a little bit more guidance on that aspect. 
But as I'm climbing up the thing, like it's okay, like I'm climbing and I'm climbing and I see some ledges and you do this thing and you walk around, you need a little bit more focus. But the thing that really um, kind of cooled me off on this game is that uh, I think I made it about three quarters of the way through. It's not a long experience, maybe like three, four, five hours, depending on um, how much time you spend getting stuck looking for collectibles like I did. Um, but they don't ever take a moment to explain who you are, who your frog friend is, or what the fuck you're even doing there. Um, there's like a million opportunities to give some pers pr perspective on the character or to give some character about the character. Like, let's say, for example, um, you get done with a really tough climbing section and you pull yourself up. That would be a great moment for you to like pull up your, your frog buddy and give him a hug and say, oh, man, we made it. You know, like, oh, that yeah. was really tough or something. Or like maybe um, you get halfway up the tower and you're really tired because you've been climbing like a mile and you do like a little uh, campfire and you the frog sings you a song and you just sit there and you clap your hands or something. Something, just anything like that to like get you to connect with a character. Like they're a total cipher and maybe something happens at the end. But like I was like, who am I? Why am I here? I don't care. And I hear some people saying I was so interested to find out what happened about the the water and i'm like i don't give a fuck about who cares the, the water's water gone. Yeah. yes where's where are the people in this tower well they left because the water left obviously they couldn't live here anymore they left who cares that's i don't give a shit about that i want to know why am i here why did i come back what's important who's this frog what's going on nothing nothing not a single goddamn cutscene. not like a i mean you can hit like left on the d-pad and you'll pet your frog once but like that's it like it's nothing that really tells you anything about anything. And your frog is basically just there to give you hints and stuff. It's not even really a character. So I just, I was starving for like some character moments or just like a little bit of purpose or a little bit of personality. Mm. I just was dying. There was just like nothing. And the environmental storytelling was like, okay, yeah, water's gone. Get it. Uh, I'm good. The notes aren't working for me. And I just like, I felt very disconnected and, and just very like, apathetic about everything that was going on and that combined with um the simplified controls which again are fine but like if i'm not really mechanically invested in the controls which i wasn't and i'm not invested in the story then there's not really anything for me here other yeah. than it's like a pretty looking game which so, is ironic because again a lot of the games are all about those characters and story development stuff yeah right? i mean don't not is like the character publisher dude like so much story so much character so many cool moments like all the Life is Strange stuff and all the other stuff, even in Vampire and stuff, tons of character moments in that. And this is the one where it's just like silent protagonist, no dialogue, no personality. And it just, it just wasn't doing it for me, man. I was just, I was dying for like a cute emote or anything that would tell me why I'm here. So I honestly, I got about three quarters of the way and I'm like, I'm, I'm done. Like, I just don't care to continue this because I don't care about what's happening. Okay. And I was like, what out? So, I oh. mean... I feel like I'm in the minority. A lot of people are loving on this. A lot of people think it's great. Um, and that's cool. I, I respect that. But for me, it just wasn't giving me anything of what I wanted. And I just, I honestly was too bored. Yeah. Well, I have two things to say about that. One, I'm not going to play it uh, just based on your review because I think we feel the same with that. Um, yeah, because all the things you said seem like so many classic missed uh, opportunities where it's really weird. You get yeah. to the top of the thing. You talk with your frog. You have a little story section, you know. Um, and then secondly, it reminded me of Gone Home. Remember, gone, not Gone Home, um, Grow Home. A little bit in, in the terms of climbing that climbing, big tower. But yeah, man. yeah. But I guess I, just, I brought that up because when you started explaining it, that one doesn't have much story either. But it's like the mechanics are so fun. Yes. You know, it's like, and the physics and stuff are weird. But if you don't have that, then yeah, what are you holding on to? Oh, yeah, Grow Ooh, Home. That's what are you good holding one. on to? Pun intended. Ooh, yeah, that's another one too. That has... Uh, 
the I believe the two stick climbing mechanics. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, exactly. And for me, so. it was really fun. Like it was a little difficult, but then. It just felt like a win, a risk reward thing felt really good in that game. Yeah, God, I love Go- I love Grow Home. I should go play that. Right I now. really I want to go too. play that game right now. In there, fact, I haven't played Grow Up, so there's a whole sequel I could play. There is a sequel. I yep. didn't play it either. Yep, yep. I'll yep. write it down. We we'll both play Grow Up. Grow Up. I want to. I'm gonna go play that literally right now because I could totally go for some Can of that. And that that's vibe. the thing where yeah. the robot has so much personality, dude. Like all you know is get to the top, but like. He's hooting, he's hollering, he does these little weird transformations, he kind of walks funny, he's got like loads of like energy and 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 charisma, like they get a lot done in that game with very little, and it kind of goes to show how many opportunities Jusant is like not taking advantage yeah, of, yeah. like a lot of stuff left on the table there, so. All right. Anyway, grow up, grow up, folks. Grow up. Play that, or grow home, either way. Yep. All right. Uh, last game of the show, Achilles legends untold now uh we haven't talked about this at all i don't know what your opinion is but i was literally just looking at this um, oh really? I, yeah as a matter of fact um i know that i don't watch a lot of youtube but my son does and usually he watches like 8-bit ryan or markiplier or something and like nothing against those guys but like i find them to be kind of like grating on my nerves when it's 9 p.m at night and i don't want to hear shouting coming from my tv um, but my son has recently started watching Iron Pineapple, I think his name is. Okay. Do you know that guy? I don't know Iron Pineapple. He does a lot of Souls likes. And so he'll pick like, today's video is six uh, $2 Souls likes from Steam or something. And he picks oh, like yeah. all these like random mega crap games. Um, but he's really chill. Like he's really chill. He's got a cool voice. And it, that's something that I don't mind watching at 9 p.m. So we've been watching a lot of these. And he just covered Achilles Legends Untold on one of his episodes. I think we watched it two days ago. So I was like, oh. I'm interested to hear what he had to say. Okay. So uh, he played it a while ago. This was a video from a while ago. And he said it was like, okay, but it was too early in the process. So he was going to come back to it. He's like, this seems like it's got potential, but really rough. And um, it doesn't move quite right. And it did look like pretty, pretty early in the process. So he's going to circle back. We haven't gotten to that episode yet. But now you're playing, I'm assuming it must be 1.0, not early access still. No, it's like, yeah, the 1.0 version. It's, it's on, out. On okay, console. so it's out and finished. Yeah, okay. 100%. All right. Where are you playing? PS5? Again, playing PS5, yeah. Okay. All PS5 right. version. Which, by the way, I never bring this up to the show, but on PS5 specifically, I'm sure it's Xbox Series X too, uh, the PS5 version, lots of times, of the games are like less file size. That's true, yeah. It's interesting. It's like they've optimized or something. I don't know. I think that's what it is. Um, so, yeah, I've heard people talk about they played it on Steam too, Early Access. This is the 1.0 version. It's also a small team. So, you know, I always, like, give them, you know, a, a benefit a of the slack, doubt. Sure. A slack, sure. Yep. I'm not expecting a huge fucking epic experience. It's not Diablo. Um, but it has ideas and feelings and, you know, gameplay style of Diablo and a little bit of Souls-like. I'm interested to hear what you think um, that reviewer said. But this uh, is a game, Achilles. You play as Achilles. Um, you know, it's lightly taken from that whole, like, historically, you know, time period, uh, Greece, Trojans, yeah, right? Famous, famous Greek dude. Famous Greek person. Uh, obviously, all these kind of stories have this, like, was there the gods talking to them? Was there monsters, you know? Like, what was really going on then? Um, and so this this kind of, like, goes into that where, like, there's straight-up skeletons. There's straight-up, you know, giant crabs. There's, like, monsters, right? And, and there's also metaphysical stuff and ghosts. And so it's it's leading into that kind of like, this is a RPG, you know, with fantasy stuff. But it's also based on reality. Um, and there's a minor spoiler on what this whole game is. I won't, I guess I won't say it, but you start doing 
the tutorial is like an actual thing that happened in history and then you're whisked away to some other place and now it's things are a little weird right so okay. it mixes on, together loosely based on greek stuff yeah greek legends gotcha and okay. it kind of sets you up in the beginning with like taking place in a historical actual thing that happened giving you understand the commands and how you do everything and then you get to this area where like okay now it's a little different and there's also monsters and there's also still real people and a real issue going on um but how's the game play it's that thing where it looks just like diablo it's like a diablo style type game um you run around you have a dodge by the way i like the dodge I like okay, the dodge. Okay, and isometric, right? Isometric, isometric yeah. Uh, a little bigger characters than normal, not like teeny. You know, they're, I think they're a little bigger. Um, your dodge is a dodge. If you double tap it, it's a, if you hold it, it's a run. And if you just tap it lightly, it's like a true like backup dodge, right? So, like a little backstep thing? Yeah, backstep. Okay, so it's like gotcha. all the things in one, and they do a really good job of it, and I'm a hard judge of that. Okay, so um, it feels good. What's feels what I'm hearing good. so far? Yep. Okay, and that uses stamina, right? So you'll hear people talk about this uh, in the same vein as some Souls-like kind of stuff. I'll explain sure, sure. why this is um, not that really at all. Um, so the dodge, you know, you would think like, oh, that's like a Souls-like. This is very loose. There's not like a Dark Souls game where like you've got to be very precise on your dodge and then counterattack all that stuff. This is like a Diablo. So, long story short, this is more Diablo than it is Souls. Okay. 100%, right? And it looks that way, too. It looks like a Diablo. Yeah. And, by the way, I just looked up on their game page, which is interesting. It says they're using some sort of group uh, systems that govern AI cooperation. Um, And I've kind of noticed that because, like, people who will come attack me, they seem pretty smart. (laughs) You know, like, they'll go around the back of me. They'll flank me and stuff. And that does make, again, actually to my point earlier, I didn't even plan that, it makes the moment-to-moment stuff more interesting, right? Because it feels different. More engaging than just like mob rush straight towards yes, you. Yes, yes. And these are the same. This is not going to replace a writer. <laughs> this is just like <laughs> a dynamic, right? And the dynamic sure, does sure. make this like I meet random you know, soldiers or skeletons, and I think I've got to think about my setup but more. But what I really want to focus on is this is not Souls-like. So the only Souls-like main thing is that there are, of course, these little hubs like you know bonfires. You, that's where you go to level up your character. That's where you go to rest. And when you rest, yes, it does reset. But it resets only, it says, some of them. Which I the think enemies, is, you mean? Yeah, enemies. So I think it's a very, very nuanced, small thing that we've always talked about. How can people take a Souls-like thing and then make it their own? This is kind of the definition of that game. Okay. Okay, because one... It says some of the enemies. I can't tell which ones have been reborn or whatever, but I don't think it's all of them because I, when I came back, you know, there was a couple main enemies, but some were gone still. So I, I kind of love that. It's so like, maybe you killed 10 guys on your way up there and then you do the bonfire and maybe there's five guys. Maybe there's five up. guys. Yeah, I don't okay. think it was all of them. I think I know in the menu it says where some enemies repeat so i was like okay that's cool well that makes sense i mean i think in a game like this that's maybe more diablo leaning you want to like you want to keep making forward progress you don't want to keep like killing the same guys over and over so maybe lightening that load the second time through kind of encourages you to keep pushing on i mean that makes sense to me right and i think it's even less of progress which i'd like but more of like it just doesn't make it as difficult right yeah because yeah but this is a huge thing for us to say though you said that makes sense but this is net we've review every game play every game this hasn't happened before. Usually when we review a game that uses a Souls-like thing, they fucking stick to it. 
You know what I mean? I just yeah. played that one game. I can't remember what it's called. But it was light and dark, and you have like a, a spirit like uh, of a ghost of your sister on your, your sister, back. Yeah, yeah, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. That one again. It, that's one of the ones where it's like, oh, it kind of uh, broke out of that mold. It's 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 few and far between that those games do that. Uh, usually they're like, okay, this is it. All the enemies are back, and this is important. Like you just said, it's more Diablo because it's more forgiving. Like I'm not. Like I'm not dying, like I'm not dying crazy, right? Like you need to parry a bunch to survive. Like yeah, you no, just move it I'm forward. like yeah. just being like a good Diablo player, and now it does the thing where like you can get hit a, uh, you know, for a lot of health really quickly. Yes, it does that, but you also fucking upgrade, and there's a huge skill tree, and there's tons of armor and stuff, and you also have a crafting thing and an upgrade your armor thing. So just unlike Souls, I feel way more in control. Of my own fate. Does that make sense? Gotcha. Yeah, it makes perfect like, sense. Like, I'm like, sure. I know that I'm strong now, right? I've done the right work. I've done the homework. I've done my crafting. I've upgraded my shield. Um, actually, I switched to two-handed sword because, of course. And I you know, can parry with the uh, – or can block with the two-handed sword, which feels viable. And that's also rare. There's just so many rare things about this. Newsflash. Spoiler. I love this game. Um, okay, good, it's, good. All right. It's an indie Diablo game that has little teeny bits of Souls-like, but it's not a Souls-like game at all. That's not what this game is. And I think that maybe some of the marketing saying that, some of the YouTubers are saying that. It just has that thing where some enemies come back and some enemies can really knock you down quickly, right? And that's, I guess, a Souls-like thing. Well, you know, it's interesting you say this because I've been dying for more people to get off of the Souls-like train. So many of them are just following lockstep right, that's in the I'm footstep. Saying. Yeah, exactly, of what FromSoft is doing. When I think the real path forward here and the real takeaway is be inspired by Souls-like and be inspired by From, but do your own thing. And this sounds like maybe they are inspired by aspects of it. That's it. But they are not like following directly slavishly in their footsteps, right? That's what I'm saying. That's exactly it. And also there are different weapons, right? So you could do uh, uh, sword and shield. You can do two-handed sword. You can do poison daggers, right? So they're letting you do a little bit of Diablo there, um, like pick your style. But in that thing, again, they're not saying you're, you're prohibitive to do this one enemy, this one way, you can kind of pick your way to do it. Yeah. Um, so you mix those two together and you have a pretty cool combo because I'm not feeling defeated. You know, I'm not feeling like I can't do anything um, or get past this one enemy. The bosses, which I fought two already, it made sense to me. You know, I, I understood what my abilities were at the time and my, my play style. Also, if you have a shield, there are some magical abilities at some point for different weapons. And one of them for the shield was throw your shield. So it felt very God of War because it like okay. comes back to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, every uh, build has a kick button. So such, such like um, Assassin's Creed or whatever, right? That kick, you know, you kick people off the ledge and stuff. That's fun, um, yeah. It, it's super helpful in this one. It's a super defensive thing where like you're surrounded by a bunch of people. You kick a skeleton away. He goes flying. You don't have to worry about him. And then you, you know, attack. Strong attack, light attack. Uh, dodging around. It feels great, dude. I fucking really like it. Excellent. Um, All right, cool. All right. Yeah. Um, and again, it's super pared down. It's not like, uh, you know, you can see the limit in the graphics. You can see the limit in the story. It's it's fine. You know, it's not it's not what you're playing. You're playing it because it's really fun to play. So let me ask you. So you, yeah. you seem pretty up on this, which is great because I was kind of looking at this one. Um, and you've kind of talked about having control over your character, but like in terms of this, the specifically the skill tree itself, like, do you feel like 
is there many many separate builds you can do or like is it kind of just like one main character but like little flavors of the different character or like what kind of skill tree are we talking about here well i'm glad you brought it up it's almost like you read my mind um <laughs> be- or we've been doing a podcast for a while we've only been doing a podcast for several hundred episodes yeah it's because that's the only issue that is not a bad issue but like there's that thing where it's uh, like Skyrim where it's like a constellation and you can see your skill tree in the constellation, you know, okay. in space okay. or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's got like directions, right? So like if you go to the right and that, down that tree, it's like endurance and the left is like strength. And then there's a health one, you know, but the, the actually unique things, like I just unlocked um, get health back every time you like hurt somebody or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was really buried for further down okay and so it's like hard to tell which one's which it almost feels like the skill tree is essentially just get better at your stats oh gotcha. and then okay. buried in them you know very far down is like now you could do a counter move you know now you get health back can so, you see them or do you, you not can't. know yeah you can't okay, you, you can't can. okay so it's like i'm just now trying to like figure out which way i want to go it's a little daunting and i don't think it's like super done well Okay, so that's a, a kind of slight con. Um, and some of them you can do twice for some reason. So if you unlock a skill, like it gives you plus one strength, you can unlock it again. And I was confused two? by that. Yeah, and I was plus one again or something. Plus, that's plus two. It's a little confusing, but it's mainly like just get better, right? Gotcha. Okay. Um, but yeah, this game is really fun. It feels like that uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey kind of vibe. But then there's fantasy and then there's Diablo. And there's a little bit of souls. All right. So one more question before I let yeah. you go off of this. So how's the loot? Because in a game like this, are we talking about uh, you get one cool sword every half hour and you're like, oh, amazing, new cool sword? Or is it like every five seconds you get a new sword and you're constantly switching out? Or like in between, like how, what's the loot drop rate like? They might be doing this because it's the beginning of the game, but it's that thing where you go to a certain area of the map and there's a chest, beat all the monsters, get the chest. It's a new style of weapon. Do you know what I mean? Okay. So yeah. like I've, We've got a very steady stream in the beginning of this game, let's say the first two hours, of like a bunch of different types of weapons. So I was like, okay, pick your style. I can't speak to what happens next, right? Like the next part of the map or whatever. Um, I don't know. But it seems like this game isn't a loot game like Diablo. So really to answer your question, it's a story-driven game, it's a slower game, and it's a system fun kind of gameplay loop game where you're just having fun doing it it's not really about um, finding new shit, right? Well, that's perfect. That sounds like music to my ears because I'm kind of over loot games where like you're just showered in loot on you're constantly switching up stuff. I do no, like it's stuff not that's that a little all. bit slower, a little bit more contemplative. So it's super slower. Like it's okay, kind okay. of a slow ass game. And like you know, to like like Diablo, there's cellars. You know, in Diablo, you go down these cellars, then there's like a little area, clear mm-hmm. it out, and you get something. Sure. Each one of those feels really cool because they're really small. And it's like you just go down, get something, fight some monsters, and leave. Um, so all of it just feels contained. And it's an indie team, right? It's a small game in general. But I really like my experience, and I think I'm just going to power through it. Like, it's take it's jumped to the top of my list of what I'm playing. Nice. Okay, yeah. uh, nice. I've uh, I've been seeing this one for a while, uh, and it's been around for a while. But uh, I think based on what we just talked about, you were kind of saying all the things that I wanted to hear. So I think maybe twice this episode you've sold me on something. Nice. Well, this is a good one to, to pick up. I think I think it'll be up your alley. All right. Achilles, Legends Untold. That definitely sounds like a check it out. Check it out for check sure. Check it out. 
All right, folks, that is the end of the game section. We got through basically every single game out there. But yes. before we go, even though the game portion of our show is officially done, we do have a few non-games things to mention this week. Carlos, uh, what do you want to talk about that's not about games? Oh, my goodness, a few things. One, uh, I'm watching The Killer, which is on Netflix. It just came out. Oh, yeah, I saw the trailer for that. David Fincher, which I like. I think everything he's done. Uh, I really do like his. What else has he done? Uh, everything. I saw that. It was good. It's uh, everything all here at once. No, it's not him. No, he didn't do that. Uh, uh, seven, um, uh, Social Network. Um, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, dark stuff. He works with Atticus and Trent a lot for soundtracks, uh, and they're in this movie as well. Okay. Uh, as well as the Smiths for some reason. There's a lot of Smiths music. Um, I didn't finish it. I've, it's one of those things where like we talk about movies. Sometimes we just watch them in chunks, you know? Yeah, for but sure. It's perfect. I started it last night, and... Literally, I finished a section, and it went to this next section, and it goes chapter two or whatever. And I was like, oh, perfect. That's a place to perfect stop. Perfect stopping it. point. Yeah. There you go. Pause. Yes. I'm sure he did that on purpose because he knows you know, people's attention spans. Um, I just want to say one thing about it. So it's a dark movie about a, a hitman killer, like contract killer, right? Think Hitman the video game, but mm-hmm. more realistic than Hitman because Hitman has a movie, and it's like, I think, like the video game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what was interesting about this, and this is another thing to sell you slash people on it, it's a spoiler. So jump ahead if you don't want to know a spoiler for this Okay, jump movie. ahead two minutes, sure. It's important to tell people. They spend the whole first chunk of this chapter uh, narrative stuff, right? So it's just voiceover of the character, the hitman. And it that you can take or leave that, but it's like he's setting up to do a job, and he is like super meticulous, and you're like, oh, this guy's a fucking pro, right? He's hitman. Here's a spoiler. Um, his first job, which they spend 35 minutes like getting ready to do, and he is like, inst- you know, everything he's done perfectly, his breathing sure. and stuff like that, he fucking misses. Oh, no. <laughs> he, like, shoots a woman. Like, he really misses. And then it's just panic of him, like, leaving. This is, like, the first 30 minutes of the movie. The movie's, like, two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. That really intrigued me. Like more than a Hitman movie, because if it's just the dude who's fucking amazing, right? Like, I don't care as much. But that made him superhuman, and like he's freaking out, and then I was freaking out with him, right? Like watching the movie, you're like, oh, is he gonna fucking get caught? Um, I don't know anything about the movie else about it. Like I just that caught me, and I was like, I gotta finish this. Okay, well that's interesting. That's an interesting way to start the movie. Yeah, agreed. I mean, it was like to the second of like him breathing, breathe forty minutes of you doing this, and he goes. Boom, and he's like, just shoots a fucking woman. No, totally the wrong target. Jesus. Did he go back and finish the target? No, he couldn't. No, he just took he didn't off. didn't have time. The other guy left. Ah, oh, jeez. I was like, loser. What the okay. fuck? Okay, anyways. Much more important, I think, uh, just in the scope of, I don't know, the world. Everybody needs to see this fucking movie. I think it's on rental right now. Uh, I Yeah, it's on Amazon on rental. It's called Dumb Money. Oh, this is about, um, is this about uh, GameStop? Yep, it's about the GameStop stock Oh, that I heard about this. Yeah, the GameStop stock explosion or manipulation or whatever. It was it last last year, two, two years ago, something like that? Yeah, Recent, it wasn't recently? manipulation. It was a one person who just believed in the stock and he wanted to show people that, you know, you can believe in a stock and you don't have to like listen to hedge funds and the, the, the other people are the fucking people manipulating it, right? The big companies and the banks are controlling it. This Carl's is in uh, soapbox all of a sudden. They're controlling the stock market, and it's a bunch of bullshit. It's fucking smoke and mirrors. At some point, someone happened, like just a, a kid and a, well, not a guy, not a kid, 
an older guy with a, a wife and a kid, he just decided to like, you know, believe in a stock and put a bunch of money behind it. And he got people excited about it and it became a movement, not an Occupy Wall Street thing, but basically like a real tangible thing where people put money towards the stock. It started going up and it freaked out a bunch of people who, without getting too much in the weeds, there's people who do short squeezes and stuff and these weird, to your point, manipulative practices that happen in Wall Street, they were getting screwed. So big companies were losing tons of money and this, the, the every man and every woman were gaining money by betting, betting on the stock. Right, 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 um, right. That's the long and short of it, but it's actually like such a heartfelt story about how we, the uh, every person, can rise up and we can actually make change in this world. Uh, I can't explain how special this this movie is, even though it's a you know retelling, yeah, and like you know what's his name's in it, like a bunch of you know famous actors and stuff. It's just done so well. It's funny and it's heartfelt and it's based you know hundred percent on reality. And then later on the end of the you know the movie, they show you some of the same scenes, right? So you know that it actually happened, uh, just like you watched it. Interesting, interesting, dude. It's really fucking special, especially the ending. Again, the ending is real life, right? It's a great message. And this was on Netflix? Amazon. You had to Amazon. rent okay. it. Yeah. All right. Excellent. It's very important, dude. I'm telling you. It's really all right. Important. All right. Right on. Right on. Um, what else you got? That's all I have. That's okay. it. What have I been watching? Um, watching The Great British Bake Off, which I alluded to earlier, and that is just like our safe space away from the world. Yes. A lot of bad stuff going on, and when we need to just chill for a second it is just like the most relaxing thing um i mean honestly we're we've watched everything up until this point and we're caught up and now we're going week to week which sucks completely but we're like you know maybe we should just go back to season one and just watch it again because it is just so fucking chill to watch people bake muffins and cakes and yeah, stuff it's and they're just like yeah it's, it's mega comfort so we're watching that that's pretty good um what else are we watching we went back to ted lasso um season three is season three the end of the show I think I've watched the end of the show. Was like, it is it over, four? over? I don't know. I feel like it's... No. I feel like the series is done. I felt like it... I, I don't know for sure, but I I thought I heard them saying it was over, over, over. I think it's at over, At the end over, of over. season three, which would make sense, because, I mean, there's only so much you can do with this. But we love Ted Lasso, season one and two. Um, we took a break, came back to season three. I believe all the episodes are out, which is why we're watching it now. And we're just really... That's another, like, comfort show where... People are generally good. They have issues. Bad things happen, but they kind of talk them through. Pretty human. And one episode in specific uh, was the Amsterdam episode. Do you remember this episode? I mean, I don't know the name of it, but um, what? I don't oh, know that it's called. But what they're in, they're in Amsterdam. Yeah, they're in Amsterdam. Like uh, the the soccer team goes to Amsterdam. They're on a losing streak. They lose oh, yes. again, yeah. and then they go and they're like, "Fuck, we just need a break. Let's just let's just go crazy here in Amsterdam." And then the show follows like everybody going off to do. It's like like nine different storylines, people going off to do different things. And I had heard some people talk about the third season of Ted Lasso being like, "Oh, it was it dragged on and they wasted too much time and they just like nobody was interested in this stuff and they lost their mojo." And like we're watching it, and I'm like, "Are you crazy?" Like, I guess I guess my point is, if you're watching Ted Lasso because you want to see. Uh, underdog sports team win the championship you're watching the show for the wrong reason like this right. is not about that it's about people it's about the characters it's about ted dealing with his divorce and about what happens to his kid it's about um the gay guy who is in closet and he's not um you know open with himself it's about team dynamics and how do you cheer people up when they're feeling down and it's about boyfriend and girlfriend relationships between uh roy kent and uh whatever his girlfriend's name is um and oh, it's just like she's so good yeah like i mean everybody's good in this and it's just like 
I, I can't believe like, we watched the Amsterdam episode and that was that I think that was really the biggest hotter coal. Like if you like the characters and you like the show, then you're like, oh, my God, that was an amazing episode. But if you're in it just because you want to see sports ball and you want to see them win, then you're like, ah, it's the worst episode because they didn't even kick a ball. And right. that really kind of tells you what kind of viewer you are. And we loved it. I was like, oh, man, I love this episode. This is so great. Just like a night out with all these characters doing all these different things. And they all go through this like growth moment and they all kind of relate to each other. Really excellent writing, really excellent character work, great acting. I mean, that to me is like really what we like the best about Ted Lasso. So yeah. I was really happy to see that. And I'm uh, I'm glad we came back to it. So it's good stuff. Real quick thing. Uh, there is talk about <clears throat> them doing a season four. I, I hope they don't, actually. I think it's it's over. I'd like it to be over. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's too much of a good thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and that woman, uh, his name is Juno Temple. She's so good. And she plays yeah. Keeley. Keeley, that's yeah, what it is. Keeley, yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's a character uh, piece and it's awesome yeah she is really good and the mm-hmm. boss i forget what the boss's name is but the tall blonde and lady. coach beard and uh, coach beard yeah. and the assistant like the, everybody on the show is just fucking great so yeah. I, I just love that we also came back to um disenchanted uh disenchanted we season five i think dropped a while ago and i know you probably watched it already i'm sure you mean disenchantment disenchant oh fuck yes. i was making that disenchantment yes, yes i've finished the thing and i'm yeah what do you, what yeah. Do you think well, we haven't got to there yet because okay. my wife had not watched it. Me and my son watched season one through four and we loved it. And I'm like, you know, I bet my wife would kind of like this. Like, it's not usually her jam, but I'm like, you know, I bet she would connect. And so we're like, let's just watch it all again because we just really enjoyed it. And the episodes are short anyway. So we watched it. Uh, we're, up, we're up to season four now. And like the wife is on board. She digs it. We all dig it. So I'm very excited to get to season five, which is the new stuff we haven't gotten to yet. So no spoilers for me, but it's still really good. And I definitely recommend it. I know we talk about that fairly often on this podcast, but yeah. if you haven't watched Disenchantment <laughs> yep. yet, you should be watching it for sure. It's really special, I think. Yep. Yeah, it's really good. Nothing else. It's been a busy week. I don't have anything else to contribute. So there you go. All right. That's, that's it. it. Folks, that's a show. Oh, man. Before we close, please leave reviews, share us on social media. Most important of all, recommend us to your friends. That's the real most important thing. If you like a show, just just tell someone. Tell someone you like what we do. And if you don't like what we do, let us know. Or if you do like what we do, please let us know that as well. And how you do that is through your questions and your comments. Hit us up. So video games podcast at gmail.com or you can also reach us individually. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week, sir? I think I'm just going to say Glitch to the Ground forever. But yeah, okay. that's where you should go. Glitch to the Ground on TikTok and on the YouTube. All right. Mm-hmm. As for me, it's always uh, Blue Sky Twitter and Instagram for the moment. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And this is going to do it for episode 362. Thank you so much again for joining us here on the Soviet Games Podcast, and we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week.